Good morning. Today is Wednesday, February 14, 2024. This is a special meeting of the Building Inspection Commission. I would like to remind everyone to please mute yourself if you're not speaking. Um, the first item on the agenda is roll call. Um, Commissioner Chavez. Present. Um, um, if you could uh, turn on the microphones, I'm sorry. Um, Commissioner Newman. Here. Commissioner Shaddix. Here. Commissioner Summer. Here. Commissioner Williams. Here. Okay, um, interim President Alexander Toot is excused, and we have a quorum. Um, next, we have our land acknowledgement. The Building Inspection Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatish Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land, and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatish Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush Ohlone community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Okay, thank you. Um, next, for any members of the public that may be listening in, our um, public comment call-in number is 415-655-0001. Access code is 2662-486-3293. To raise your hand for public comment on a specific agenda item, press star three when prompted by the meeting moderator. And also the WebEx webinar password is 0214. Um, to, for today's uh, meeting, there will be uh, public comment um, in person uh, first and then virtually after that. Um, there appears to be a number of speakers, so public comment will be limited to two minutes. And if there's interpreting, it will be uh, four minutes. And also just a brief announcement, we will be taking uh, like a break at 10.30, we'll take a five minute break and then we'll, re we'll, re we'll resume the meeting. So next we're on to item two, uh, discussion and possible action on the proposed budget of the Department of Building Inspection for fiscal years 2024, 2025, and 2025-2026. Good morning, commissioners, members of the public. I'd like to acknowledge the extreme public interest that uh, people have in today's subject, and we will acknowledge all. Of, we'll, we will address and hopefully acknowledge all of the the issues that you have come here to talk about. Can we pull up the presentation, please? So the format of today's presentation will be to go over the proposed budget, the presentation, and then I think at the end discuss the CBO funding issue. Thank you. So much like the, the schedule is unchanged from the previous presentation, we are at the second budget meeting. The department will submit its, its budget proposal on February 21st to the mayor and to the controller. The 
mayor's phase then begins. So between February 21st and May 1st, the mayor goes in and makes her changes to the proposed budget. Then in May, the Board of Supervisors will meet to discuss and modify the mayor's proposed budget. The full board will then vote on it and the mayor will sign the completed budget around August 1st or at the end, of, uh, yeah, August 1st. Next slide, please. This slide shows the financial history of DBI for approximately the past 20 years. The, it has been updated from the slide shown in earlier in January with the current budget proposal. And again, the main highlight here is we need to close the gap between the orange revenue line and the gray expenditure line before our yellow fund balance line runs out. And this is our tentative plan to do that by fiscal year 27. Next slide, please. So this slide has been updated from the previous presentation. Again, we have $35.9 million of fund balance projected available at the end of current fiscal year. Last year, year two of the budget, fiscal year 25, was balanced with $24.5 million of use of that fund balance. And um, major changes to this year's assumption are lower fee volume. We're projecting $2.5 million less demand for our services. That is more than offset by a $10.1 million increase to fees um, as, as described in the, the fee study. This nets an additional $7.6 million of revenue, which reduces the need for use of fund balance in the current year to 18.4 million. That would leave 17.4 at the end of fiscal year 25. We anticipate requesting another increase to fees next year, approximately the same amount that we are asking for this year, which would result on average, which would result in a use of fund balance of 9.2 in fiscal year 26. And then um, in fiscal year 27, we would hopefully move to full cost recovery and zero of additional fund balance. This would leave us with $8.2 million in available fund balance. So that may sound like a lot, but we need to keep some in reserve. Things can change very quickly. As we've seen this current year, revenue is coming in lower than projected. If it comes in another two or $3 million lower than projected next year, that wipes out another $4 million from the next two years budget. Also, as noted in the previous budget presentation, the budget is not final. We have included everything we know about thus far, but there are still significant items left to be determined that are out of our control. Labor negotiations are happening now. The results of those could be increased costs for the future. Those will be loaded later in April, May, June. So those will not be part of our department submission, but those will likely be real costs that the department has to bear. And services of other departments, um, 
the timing for many of the changes that happen to work order budgets happen after the department submits its proposed budget. So if light heat and power rates, if PUC raises their rates, they will not tell everyone until later in the process, until they know all of their costs from all of the other departments. So things like that happen later and costs will likely only go up from here. So it's important to, to recognize that. Next slide, please. So this is just a, the previous slide in, in table form. You can follow from top to bottom, left to right. Our available fund balance are adding to it with the revenue, are taking away from it with the expenditure, and then our need or our use of fund balance to close the gap and our resulting ending balance. Next slide, please. So the two, there are a few major changes to point out here. Um, this has been updated from the January presentation. The fee amount 7.6 of new fees. So the licenses and the charge for services line, um, those are our, our fee revenue. And it it is a $10 million fee increase, but $2.5 million demand reduction. That's why you don't see $10 million there. And then we are, some, some current revenues um, had been counted as charge for services. We're splitting that out as fee, uh, fine, forfeiture, and penalty revenues. So you'll see there was nothing there before, but we really have just moved $350,000 that was considered charge for services into um, penalty accounts for better tracking. We want to know and explicitly see. I think it would be good for us finance, for you, the BIC, and for the public to see how much fine revenue the department is taking in. Um, $510,000 reduction to uh, the general fund support amount as the mayor's budget instructions uh, said, all, all general fund support citywide is being reduced by 10%, so that is that amount there. And then use of fund balance. Uh, going through the columns left to right, you can see the first one is the budget for the current year, that's the adopted budget. Then the change column shows the change um, that was made last year. This was when year two, fiscal year 25 was year two of the budget. So last year, the budget was um, that third column. And now this is our second opportunity to change fiscal year 25. Fiscal year 25 is now year one of the two-year budget that we are proposing. And that middle change column shows what has been changed since you approved the fiscal year 25 budget last year to what we are submitting, proposing to submit now. And then the last change in budget column is for fiscal year 26, which is the second year of the budget and added for the first time. So, and again, noting here, if you look at the 
fiscal year 24-25, the fourth column proposed budget, we're proposing to use $18.4 million use of fund balance, and then the very last column, half of that, 9.2, that's to smooth out the fee increases to reduce use of fund balance um, in a controlled manner and not spike fees, which would require us to generate an additional $11.7 million of fee revenue next year. So the fee increases that we will request next year will be in order to generate another $11.7 million. Next slide, please. On the expenditure side, again, the columns are the same and show the same things. Notable changes since the budget was approved last year, the changes, the, the changes that we're proposing to make now are a few very modest increases. So safety and $70,000 for safety and rain equipment and training. Uh, we've identified a great need for more supervisorial training. So we're working with DHR to bring in trainers to help develop soft skills, people skills, how to allow our managers to better supervise, manage staff, and prevent some interpersonal issues that we've had in the department. And then the safety rain equipment is just uh, boots, rain gear, that type of stuff. Um, we're adding in $140,000 special revenue funded strong motion and building standards commission expenditures. This is a very specific revenue for very sp specific purposes. There are two things, there are two state fees that the state sets and the state mandates what they can be used for. So strong motion implementation is like seismic equipment, education, that type of stuff. Um, that was unbudgeted in the past. We are appropriating the funds now so that we can spend it. Uh, otherwise, we would have to come in mid-year for uh, a supplemental appropriation in order to spend. But this is not this hundred forty thousand dollars is not operating revenue and cannot be used for any other purpose than for which we have budgeted. And then, lastly, fifty thousand dollars of. Uh, credit card processing fees, these are real costs. This is what we are charged by our payment processors to process credit cards. So, next slide, please. These are also expenditures, but they're highlighted here separately. So this will be the, the first line of that expenditure tab, the, uh, the first two the salaries and benefits. Um, we are proposing to um, substitute various positions to fill vacancies. These are permit techs, um, mostly. And we're, in, in order to uh, recognize the change in work, a lot of this is due to the new legislative mandates and, and new work that the department is doing. Um, in permit services and in technical services. So a lot of the new programs, the concrete building program, accessible building um, entrance, AB 1114, there are 
uh, increase increased responsibilities that the d department has, and so managers have requested that some of the Permatech 1s be substituted up to Permatech 2s. The middle line is a $500,000 decrease in attrition, so this is an increase in cost, and this is to reflect the actual attrition rate for existing staff. In fiscal year 23, we exceeded our budget by around a million dollars. This year, as we've been reporting each month, we are projecting to uh, exceed our labor budget by 500,000. This means that we just have more staff than budgeted for, so this is to right-size the budget. Our attrition rate is lower than what is in the budget, so we need to right-size that. And this is just to account for how many existing staff we have. We have less vacancies than is currently in the budget. Uh, and vacancies are filled more quickly than are anticipated in the budget. And then lastly, uh, there is one new position in the budget, largely for the same reasons as discussed with the substitutions, a new permit tech two for summer interns and an SF fellow. Summer interns, we've been doing that every year. These are, there are various city programs that uh, bring in high school and college, high school, college, and recent college graduates into the department for summers or limited periods of time to do various projects, um, become fami familiar with the department and the city in general, and is a, is a workforce development thing that the city engages in. It was unbudgeted previously, and now we are explicitly adding some budget for it. The SF Fellow is a recent college graduate. This is a program that uh, DHR does where they, they find a cohort of recent college graduates to come in, place them with departments, and to do various medium-term projects. So we plan to place a fellow with our data analyst to help with creating new dashboards and increasing transparency and just access to information so that the department, um, the city, and the public can have more insight and make better decisions. And then the, uh, yeah, so those are the new position items that, we'll, that we are proposing to add to the budget. Next slide, please. And now we get to the CBO grants. Um, so as you can see on the revenue and expenditure tabs, uh, those are being proposed to be reduced by 510,000. And I'll read a brief statement to address this. So I want to address and be clear about the department's position on CBO grants. We support the code enforcement outreach work and believe it's important. The grants are funded in both years. DBI's position is that the grants should be funded by the general fund. This is based on legal advice from city attorney, input from our fee study, conversations with the mayor's office, controller's office, and members of the board of supervisors. As you know, our department has faced large deficits since the onset of the pandemic and our reserves are diminished. We initiated a fee study to determine how much we need to raise our fees to recover our costs and deliver our legally mandated services. Fees increased 15% last year 
and are proposed to increase on average another 18% this year, and the tentative plan is for two more increases in the next two years to achieve full cost recovery before our fund balance runs out. This is a challenging budget cycle, and many other difficult decisions have been made. Numerous internal requests have been left unfunded, including holding hiring for multiple plan check engineers. Negotiations continue with other departments seeking, significantly incre seeking to significantly increase DBI costs, and generally departments are expected to do more without increasing costs. Our mission is to ensure building safety and code compliant construction. We also ensure habitability, implement and enforce seismic safety programs, manage public records, support the permit center's one-stop shop for permitting, and ensure disaster readiness and more. We are also a key partner in San Francisco's economic recovery. Funding the CBO grants with general fund dollars will prevent adding additional costs to DBI fee payers, including homeowners and small businesses. We must avoid impacting the ability to build and unpermitted work. Although the proposed budget reduces CBO expenditure, it is still at the same level as last year's actual spending. So now, getting back to the presentation, we can see the table at the at the bottom shows fiscal year 23, so last year's budget, fiscal year 24, that's current year's budget, and the proposed budget for fiscal years 25 and 26, which is a reduction of 510,000 or 10.6%. Next slide, please. This maintains funding equal to the prior year, so actuals for fiscal years 22 and 23 were 4.365 and 4.293, respectively. So a $4.3 million budget will still allow the same level of actual spending, the same amount that CBOs actually spent in the prior year. Um, and then as part of the mayor's budget instructions, DBI and all departments must submit a 5% contingency for additional reductions with its budget proposal, which would be an additional 5%. We don't expect that to happen. It didn't happen in the current year, but it is something that is required for our budget proposal. Next slide, please. Next steps, the fiscal year 25 and fiscal year 26 department budget submission is not final. As I had mentioned, things are still changing. Things are still coming in. Even after the department submits its budget on February 26, the mayor's office comes in and makes changes. Other departments submit their cost changes. Some are discretionary, some are not. Many, most are not. Um, the most significant one we're dealing with right now is um, city administrator is, has proposed a very significant multi-million dollar increase to our permit center work order. We're currently working with them to make sure that, to identify what that is and um, find opportunities to reduce that and keep the budget as is. That's a very good example of uh, things that may affect 
our use of fund balance. Our fees are set, our fee study is done, the analysis has, has, been, has been done there. We've identified increases to existing fees that we feel are the maximum that can be supported now. So any additional expenditures added to our budget at this point would likely be funded by additional use of fund balance. Um, DBI will continue working closely with controller, with the mayor, with BIC, with members of the public, with board of supervisors and all stakeholders on technical and policy changes that need to be made in the budget. And importantly, staff is currently drafting legislation to establish uh, the new fees identified in the fee study. So that needs to be uh, codified in the building code. So the same as last year, we will submit a draft ordinance for um, to the BIC in order to be recommended to the Board of Supervisors for a vote. And that will probably be coming up in the next month or two. Um, that is our presentation, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay, thank you for the presentation. We will, um, we will now. And, sorry, one more oh, thing. So what we are here today to do, and Sonia, Rob, please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is for the commission to vote to send the proposed budget to the mayor and the board of supervisors. And the BIC is free to make any additional recommendations or proposals on top of that that they, that they wish. Do you want to clarify that? That's correct, I believe. Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Capilla, yes. The, today's meeting is solely to approve the budget for sending to the Board of Supervisors uh, and the Mayor for, for final appropriation and, and acceptance. And also, I did not identify myself. Alex Koskinen, um, uh, Deputy Director, Administration. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Deputy Director Koskinen. Um, we will have public comment, and then the commissioners uh, will have their comments, and they can ask additional questions of you if they have uh, questions. Okay, so we will now have public comment, and public comment will be um, two minutes per speaker, and uh, four, four minutes if there's interpreter. Um, excuse me, ma'am. There's there's someone there's someone there. Oh, and then you, you'll you'll be next. Okay. You'll be next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it appears that um, members are lining up on the left. Uh, this side of the room, if you can line up behind the, the persons over there to speak. I need the overhead, please. Okay, it, there it is. Okay. 
You can begin. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Jerry Drattler. My numbers in my presentation relate to the fee study. Current DBI fees recover 73% of actual costs. Fees at 100% recovery would increase by $22 million. Um, in the fee study, they're recommending recovery of $14.3 million of the potential of $22.6 million. So my question is, why leave $8.3 million on the table? If you look at the last column, the unrecovered dollars, over $6 million of that $8.3 million involves electrical permit, plumbing permit, and boiler fees. And if you looked at the historic numbers, the recovery rate has been way low. So that's, I think, a very valid question. Um, the other thing that alarms me is why were penalties imposed by DBI for code violations excluded from the fee study? Currently, penalties are not an effective deterrent and need to be increased. The current level of penalties assessed by DBI is equivalent to issuing $1 parking tickets. And given the fee challenge, the revenue challenge, this needs to be looked at. Thank you very much. Okay. Hey, thank you. Okay, the um, next speaker can come. We'll be needing the computer as well. Yeah, I'm just ejecting. Sure, no worries. No Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, my name is Juan Garcia with the SRL Families United Collaborative. We, uh, thank you. We at the CEOP and SRL Collaboratives are here to remind the big and the department that we are DBI and that DBI is us. We represent both tenants and landlords, a cost-effective department program to abate violations. In 1994, through a community-led referendum, the BIC was created in what was, now, what was previously known as the Bureau of Building Inspection, was torn from the Department of Public Works after mismanagement, years of fires and SROs, and thousands of backlog violations. Rather than prioritizing by, uh, habitability and violation abatement, the BBI instead reduced housing inspectors and support staff while increasing upper management staff and salaries. According to the sections of the city charter, the commission, as in the BIC, shall oversee inspection and regulations of additions, alterations, and repairs in all buildings and structures covered by the San Francisco Housing, Building, Mechanical, Electrical, and Plumbing Codes. The commission shall ensure that provisions of minimum standards to safeguard life or limb, health, property, and the public welfare by regulating and controlling the safe use of building 
and structures. Therefore, we feel that the CBOs are that provision from the BIC, providing minimal standards uh, to safeguard life, limb, health, property, and public welfare. The charter does not specify how nor whom in the department that does not say which inspectors, how many inspectors shall inspect, or how many or when the director's hearings shall occur, but simply that the BIC must ensure those provisions be those provisions, be it through department staff or CBOs. Next page. Similar to the department, by design, the CBOs cover the same geographical area, but often are more accessible to landlords and tenants, according to the department. How's the deal with him? Hello, I am Becky, um, the Contracts and Services Director at Casa Justa Just Cause. I will continue. Um, so according to the department, the, B, uh, the bid has 18 inspectors and HIS has 15 inspectors for 18 districts. Misunderstanding of our process have le has led some in the department to believe that the CBOs only do outreach. Not accepting the fact that outreach leads to our success rates in the abatement process. We offer tenants and landlords an approachable alternative to code enforcement in their language. The department's website doesn't even offer an option to change languages. How is it expected to be accessible to all that need it? In fiscal year 22-23, the CBOs received 2,497 new cases for repairs. 2,105 were abated without intervention from an inspector often abated within 24 to 48 hours. Of the 2,407, 100 were referred to an inspector for NOVs, notice of violations. In this fiscal year, 23-24, we have received 1,005 new cases and have resolved 401, 364 without an inspector. Um, in the same fiscal year, in the same six months as DBI's HIS and bid, the CBOs had a comparable numbers as HIS and over double that of bid. Without um, CBO involvement, the number of cases for DBI will dramatically increase. What is the impact to the inspectors? Will the department either pay overtime or hire more inspectors? What will the impact of the budget with the, what will be the impact of the budget with additional staff? By having CBOs under general funds, the department is alerting the city that they are unable to call to cover the cost of inspections and abatement. Lisa's gonna continue. Hi everyone, my name is Lisa and I'm a senior community organizer with Chinatown Community Development Center. And these cases that we have on the screen offer some um, sample of resolutions that CBOs are able to achieve. One, a mission tenant had a door locked and repaired within 24 hours uh, with involvement. A Crocker Amazon tenant had issues in the kitchen, including mold and non-working appliances. And then CJDC's involvement facilitated an agreement between tenant and landlords for repairs. A collaborative effort between HRC and SFAA working with a tenant and landlord to abate mold, paint, kitchen, bathroom, and drain issues. And then here are some examples of pictures before and after CBO involvement in quick turnover repairs. There's restrooms, floors, and you can also see some of the ceilings. And then the last slide, um, we're basically going to have some of our community members, tenants, and 
to talk about some of the code enforcement cases that's been worked on and abated without DBI intervention. Thank you. Okay, next speaker. Hola, buenos días. Mi nombre es Reina Aguilar y soy miembro de la Asociación de Inquilinos del Sureste y también soy voluntaria del Comité de Vivienda de San Francisco. Estoy aquí para pedirles a todos que no recorten los presupuestos del programa del CEOP y las colaborativas del CRO, que regresen al, al programa a las cooperativas del CRO. Presupuesto del DBI que aumenten las tarifas necesarias para no solo cubrir los recortes del 10% en los fondos generales y apoyar al programa en el futuro del CEOP. Hello, commissioners. My name is Reina. I am a member of the Southeast Tenant Association and a volunteer with the San Francisco, the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco. I am here today to ask you not to cut the project budgets of uh, the Code Enforcement Outreach Program and the SRO Collaboratives um, and to make whole the budgets of both of these programs to raise, to use the, the increase in DBI fees um, to not just cover the 10% uh, requested cut uh, from the general funds, but to also ensure the program has funding in the future. Como como miembro de Inquilinos del Sureste, hacemos alcance a varios edificios en la misión. En mi idioma, hemos encontrado familias en sus edificios de más de 25 unidades, unidades con muchos problemas diferentes en su vivienda y que no han tenido el suficiente apoyo para, para arreglar. Eh, y también estoy como eh, consejería del Comité de Derechos de Vivienda, les apoyamos a, a, a lo que podemos porque es suficiente eh, y por eso estoy aquí, para, para la comunidad latina. Los presupuestos del programa del COP son, los, son necesarios y todos tenemos a, derecho a una vivienda digna. Gracias. As a, a member of the Southeast Tenant Association, I support in doing outreach in different buildings in the mission in language and have met many families um, who have not been getting the support they need to address habitability issues in their units. Um, there is a building that we are currently doing outreach in. There, it's a 25 unit building and there are a lot of different issues, um, habitability issues in that building and those tenants have not received sufficient support before. That's why we're in those buildings as volunteers. Uh, I'm also a volunteer counselor with the Housing Rights Committee and I am actively on the front line supporting tenants every day, um, especially Latino tenants, making sure that they know what their rights are, that they are getting the support that they need, which is why programs like CIAP are so necessary um, because we all have the right to dignified housing. Thank you. Hi, good morning, commissioners. Uh, my name is Audrey Martinez, and I am representing the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco. 
uh, Comma Inc. And I am here to ask you to stop the cutting of our funds so that we continue to follow up with tenants' housing needs and keep them happy residing here in San Francisco. Recently, I am working with a tenant that without our assistance, uh, she wouldn't be able to know that she has the right to reach out to uh, the DVI department. Um, we have supported this tenant for the last couple of months and barely she began the work for repairs in a wall full of toxic mold. Uh, but she wasn't given relocation benefits as the housing codes imply. Uh, without, uh, with us, this tenant is reaching out to her needs and also is preventing a health hazard. On a, re on a regular day work, I assist San Francisco tenants with housing issues, specifically habitability issues. Habitability issues impact tenants' health and make them want to leave the city. Uh, I get to refer San Francisco tenants to DVI department only if it is a strong need. Otherwise, we assist to reach out to the landlord with our drafter letters. Therefore, I am a DVI department counselor as well because I direct only calls with strong need and prevent overflowing of calls that we as sister organization can take care of. Thank you. This land is your land. This land is our land. Thank you. Sorry, it's a Hola, I will be speaking in Spanish and then English to translate. Hola, mi nombre es Aderet Parrino. Soy pasante de la Asociación de Inquilinos del Sureste del Comité de Derechos de Vivienda de San Francisco. Estoy aquí para pedirles a todos que no recorten los prepuestos del programa SEOP y las colaborativas de SROs, que regresan el programa al presupuesto de DBI y que aumenten las tarifas necesarias para no solo cubrir el recorte del 10% en los fondos generales y apoyar el programa en el futuro. Juntos con el Departamento de Inspección y CIOP en colaboración con nosotros, el Comité de Derechos de Vivienda, los inquilinos pueden navegar estos servicios y utilizarlos efectivamente para quedarles los residentes de San Francisco sanos y salvos en sus propias casas que paren los cortos de esos fondos necesarios para el beneficio de los inquilinos de la misión y el entero de San Francisco. Hi, my name is Adela Parrino. I'm an intern at the Southeastern Tenants Association of the um, Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco. I'm here today to ask you all to not cut the funds of the CEOP and SRO collaboratives. I am asking you to return in full the DBI um, funds and to actually raise the necessary funds to not only cover the 10% of the general funds, but also support the program in the future. DBI, CEOP, and HRC in collaboration are able to support tenants to navigate these services and actually utilize them effectively. In order for the residents of San Francisco to maintain their homes and to be living in them safely and comfortably in their own homes, these funds cannot be cut. They are absolutely necessary for San Francisco residents to stay in their homes with threat of eviction or with whatever threat can come their way because we as organizations are able to bridge that gap. For the benefit of all of the tenants in the mission whom the Southeastern Tenants Association work with primarily, but also for the benefit of all San Franciscan residents. Thank you.
Hello, my name is Melissa Gomez, and I'm part of the Mission Acero Collaborative at Dolores Street Community Services. <clears throat> Addressing operational challenges has become a pressing issue on our mission tenants, <clears throat> although seemingly straightforward. Resolving issues like malfunctioning locks often spiral into prolonged battles for our tenants. Recently, a tenant residing in our SR hotel in the mission approached us regarding the persistently broken unit lock. When we asked the tenant if he had communicated directly with the manager about his broken lock, he explained that despite his persistent efforts over three to four months, the issue remained un unresolved. Intervening on behalf of the tenant, our team of organizers drafted a formal letter to the manager highlighting the urgent need for the lock repair. The lock was promptly fixed that same day without having, to, to, without having any contact to DBI. This was solved. On the outside looking in, you may suggest tenants learning how to report on the DBI website themselves, but let me remind you that the, the limited language accessibility on these websites that we organizers often have to translate and interpret. Please do not cut these funds and raise the necessary funds. It's not a safe San Francisco without us. Next speaker. Hello, 投訴悶悶之後,我們在散訪團結會的組織員反映留意的漏水問題。組織員聯繫管理公司是否溝通之後,最後我們留頂全部換上散訪家庭非常之重要,請不要吃散訪家庭團結會的撥款。多謝。Hi, I'm Jun Hua Chen. I'm an Asoro Families United Collaborative family. My family of five, we live in a Chinatown Asoro. And today I'm here to urge DBI and the commission to not cut Asoro Families United Collaborative's funding. My building had water leaks in all of our Asoro units and in the hallways. Other tenants and I contacted the management, management company many times, but no one ever followed up with us. Finally, we told SROFU's organizers about these water leak issues. They corresponded with the management company so that finally the roof was completely redone. Now our homes don't leak anymore. The SROFU's work is really important to SRO families. Please do not cut SROFU's funding. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Jaime Fonseca. Uh, I am housing rights counselor from Dolores Street Community Service. In this occasion, I would like to give thanks for the comment that I have the opportunity to give. About a visit that I would like to mention that I have conducted in the area of San Francisco. Particularly, I have visited the Hotel Frances, which is located on 2084 Mission Street. 
En este hotel eh, tuve la oportunidad de platicar con algunos inquilinos, especialmente eh, vi el caso de un inquilino que me comentó pues, que tenía problemas de insectos y ratas en su habitación, caso que pues, fue tratado oportunamente, ¿verdad? Eh, inicialmente no sabía qué hacer la persona, yo le, le trasladé alguna información y el caso pues, lo compartí con mi compañera Abril para que se le diera el tratamiento correspondiente según corresponde con la administración del hotel. Lo importante que podemos mencionar con este caso es que de la gestión que realizó mi compañera Abril pues, de Dolores Street, el caso fue atendido por la gerencia del hotel y ya no fue necesario trasladar el caso al DBI. Por eso pedimos a cada uno de ustedes que mantengan el apoyo presupuestario para nuestra gestión, ya que de lo contrario, en este caso, quien sería más afectado sería nuestra comunidad de escasos recursos para que puedan tener una vivienda digna y un lugar habitable de una manera apropiada. Es por eso que solicitamos que el presupuesto se mantenga el apoyo que actualmente estamos solicitando. I'll be translating. My name is Jaime Fonseca. I am the Housing Rights Counselor with Dolores Street Community Services. I have had the opportunity to visit some hotels in the San Francisco Mission area, and I want to share especially what I was able to observe at the Hotel Francis, which is located at 2084 Mission Street. In that hotel, I had the opportunity to talk with some tenants and verify the conditions in which some rooms are located. Particularly, I want to comment on the case of a tenant whose room was infected with rats and other insects, and who told me that he had been spending a lot of money on fighting these insects. So it was explained to him that he is the manager, of, that the manager of the hotel is the person responsible for dealing with such situations. The case was transferred to my colleague, Abri so that the process with the hotel administration would be initiated to solve the aforementioned problem. It is worth mentioning that due to the management carried out by my colleague, the case was attended by the hotel management and it was not necessary to transfer the case to DBI. Therefore, I ask each one of you to maintain the budgetary support for our case management. Otherwise, it would be the most vulnerable communities that would be affected by the services we provide. I'm also going to be giving my own public comment, reading a testimony from one of our families. Um, my name is Sonica. I'm the Director of Community Engagement and Organizing at Dolores Street, and I'm going to be reading a testimony from one of our tenants at the Capitan Hotel. My name is Ethel Deminio. I live at the Capitan Hotel, located at 2361 Mission Street. I'm here to let you know why the Dolores Street program is very important. The conditions in my room were very bad with mold on all four walls. I clean constantly because I have a baby. I try to talk to the property manager, but she always disrespects me and ignores me. When I asked Dolores Street's program for help, the manager immediately started addressing the issues in my room. Without the help of the program, it would not have been possible to improve the conditions of my room. I ask that the support and budget be maintained through DBI to continue receiving help from the program. Thank you. Thank you. Um um, after this uh, speaker, we will be uh, taking a five-minute recess. Okay, you could go ahead. Magandang umaga po. Good morning. I am Silayan Quintanar, a Filipino caseworker with the South of Market Community Action Network, or SOMCAN, a member of the SRO Families United Collaborative. I work in the South of Market with low-income, working-class immigrant families living in SROs, some who are single parents, seniors, people with disabilities, the most vulnerable members of our community. One of the Filipino family is here with me today to show her support. I outreach and visit and keep in touch and build relationships with these families. 
We speak their language and they trust us and they feel comfortable to inform us about their issues in their buildings. We go into the SRO buildings and even visit their units and rooms. And we see the dire living situations of these family, families. Habitability issues from elevators that are out of order or those that break down every week. This is a very difficult environment for people with disabilities to live in. There are also issues with bathrooms and pest infestations, infestations which affect the health and well-being of the families. The Code Enforcement Outreach Program and SRO Collaborative Programs have been funded by the DPI since 1991. The commitment of the funding the program since its inception has enabled thousands of tenants to deal with habitability issues and provide culturally and linguistically appropriate direct tenant outreach. We believe it is important for us to be continuously funded through DBI so we are not so we are not fighting for some pot of money that we can use for other important services and programs in the general fund. The CBO should be removed from the general fund and put back into the DBI budget. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we will be now the commission will take a five minute recess and we will resume uh, public comment. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
next speaker. Good morning. Um, I'm going to be translating from Delmis, and after I'm done translating, I will give my personal comment as well. Hola, mi nombre es Delmi Gutierrez y fui desplazada de mi hogar del distrito de la, de la 9 el 11 de marzo del 2023. Por varios años pasé hostigamiento por parte del dueño de la propiedad. El mes, el mes ha requerido desalojar, él me ha querido desalojar, perdón, en múltiples ocasiones y una manera de hostigarme fue no haciendo reparaciones en mi unidad. Tenía muchas violaciones de, de código de, de habitabilidad en el incendio. Se hubiera podido prevenir o si el sistema electrónico hubiera sido reparado. Cuando pasó el incendio, el dueño le mintió a los bomberos y dijo que el incendio había iniciado en la unidad de abajo donde él vivía. Cuando, donde él vivía había, ah, cuando quise recibir ayuda por ayuda para reubicarme, no pude obtener ningún informe de los de los bomberos porque la unidad que aparecía en el reporte era la del dueño y no la mía. Así fue cuando contacté a Causa Justa y ellos me ayudaron a contratar al inspector Luis Barahona, quien envió al inspector Anthony Lepe el día siguiente. Por fin pude obtener un reporte donde se mencionaba el incendio para poder calificar a la ayuda de HSA. Ahora ya califico para este suicidio y pronto tendré mi vivienda. Si no fuera por este tipo de organizaciones, nosotros terminaríamos en la calle por las injusticias de los propietarios avaristas. La ciudad debe apoyar a estas organizaciones y a, y a los sanquilinos de San Francisco. Les pido que actúen ya y que no se, le, y que no se lamenten más tarde porque porque hacer reparaciones a tiempo puede evitar que los inquilinos terminen en la calle y puede salvar y, y puede salvarles la vida. Gracias. Now I will translate. Hi, my name is Delmis Gutierrez and I was displaced from my home in District 9 because of a fire that happened on March 11, 2023. For many years I have dealt with harassment by the landlord and one of the ways he did that was by not making repairs. My unit had code violations and the fire could have been prevented if the electrical system at my home had been fixed. When the fire happened, the landlord lied to the firefighters and told them that the fire had started in his downstairs unit. So when I asked for relocation help, I could not get a report through the fire department. That's when I went to Causa Justa Just Cause, who helped me contact Luis Barahona and the very next day and sent uh, Inspector Lepe to post a notice of violation and provided me with a copy so I can qualify for the HSA services. If it wasn't for organizations like Alza Justa, we would be on the streets. 
Uh, please act now because proper repairs prevent people from ending in the streets and can save lives by preventing fires. And now I will give my own comment. My name is Lucia Leal, and I do the quality control of our rice services at Causa Justa Just Cause. We help tenants who call all over San Francisco, but we work closer with tenants in the Excelsior and in the Mission District. In our organization, we help tenants like Delmi's who have a language barrier, and she speaks Spanish, um, and who was able to obtain help from DBI. We are also currently helping a group of tenants in the Mission District who have been relocated for over two years because the property they live in also got on fire. The landlord was asked to start repairs to the property, but he suddenly stopped making the repairs until the tenants noticed they were, there was no progress. So that's when they came to us, and we called DBI inspectors and showed up with the tenants to let DBI know we needed more notices of violation for the landlord. Inspector Barber has placed two notices of violations on the building, and actually the tenants and the landlord have a hearing tomorrow to find out, uh, to find out from the landlord why there hasn't been no progress on repairing the building. Causa Justa has been supporting these tenants during the process and will continue to do so until the tenants return to their homes, where many of them saw their kids become adults. I can assure you that we are constantly working on repair cases daily and under different circumstances. I believe it's important for us to be founded directly by DBI and not the general fund because tenants in San Francisco have an urgent need to receive our services and to be able to live in their homes with dignity. Tenants need a stable fund that is not jeopardized and it doesn't jeopardize our housing. Like Delmi said, if you believe in displacement prevention, this fund belongs to the people. Please do not cut the people's fund. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Abril and I am a tenant organizer, part of Dolores Street Community Services, assisting the Mission District with many monolingual Spanish-speaking families. At El Capitan Hotel, located at 2361 Mission Street, many of our families have difficult time communi communicating with their property managers about their habitability issues. Due to these barriers, we assist our families by making home visits, expediting code enforcement procedures, and distributing educational materials on their rights and responsibilities. We have solved issues concerning mold, broken sinks, broken locks, and pests within the building. By, by cutting our budget, it will greatly impact the support of our program, but most importantly, the health and well-being of the children living in these conditions. Thank you. Muy buenos días a todos, con el respeto que se merece. Mi nombre es Melissa Morales. Y estoy acá por uh, experiencia propia, no traigo un patrón, sino que vengo a compartir mi experiencia. Good morning all. I um, address you all with the respect that you all deserve. My name is Melissa Morales. I come here to tell you all about my lived experience. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't bring anything prepared, but I will be talking to you about the experience that I have uh, I've lived through. Y estoy aquí pues para pedirles que con la, el mismo propósito que traen todos a suplicarles que si depende de ustedes, por favor no recorten los fondos, pues porque um, uh, nosotros los hispanos nos, nos beneficia de mucho, es cierto que son las asociaciones las que 
están necesitando esto, pero es para ayudarnos a nosotros. And I ask you all to use the power and responsibility that you all have, the authority that you all have, to not cut these uh, resources, to not cut these programs. These programs are essential for Latino communities like, like mine. Um, yes, we are asking for resources for these organizations, but these organizations are providing necessary services to my community. Yo estuve a punto de ser desalojada por la razón de que no podía pagar Todo lo que el propietario nos aumentó demasiado, demasiado. Y pues como ustedes pueden ver, pues no somos personas profesionales que ganamos bastante y poder pagar nuestra vivienda. Entonces, quizás una, una vivienda nueva, bien uh, arreglada, pues se merece. Pero pues a nosotros nos tienen así que vivan como puedan. Pues se gotea. Hay ratas por lo mismo de viejo que hacen hoyos, hay chinches, hay un montón de cosas y ellos eso no lo arreglan. Solo están recibiendo, recibiendo el dinero los propietarios, pero nosotros si queremos lo arreglamos de nuestra propia cuenta. And so I uh, sought the services of the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco because I was having um, a rent a rent issue. Uh, my landlord had increased my rent a significant amount, and so the organization supported me through my rent increase issue. But I also have habitability issues. There are bed bugs in my building. There are pests. There are rats. Uh, there are leaks, um, and these are issues that I have uh, repeatedly gone to the landlord to address and. It happens very slow. Um, the issues get addressed very slowly, but they, you know, they're very good at making sure they collect my rent every month. Y por esa razón que la asociación de inquilinos del suroeste pudo ayudarme a salvar mi hogar. Um, bendito sea Dios, nos quedamos en el, en en nuestro apartamento. El propietario no dejó todo lo que había aumentado. Y lo reparó, lo pintó, arregló, y pues gracias a la asociación que nos apoyó. Si no, pues no sé dónde estuviera yo ahorita con mi familia. And thanks to the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco, the Southeast Tenants Association, um, we were able to, I, I was able to stay in my home. We were able to fight the rent increase issue and uh, address the repairs. And so uh, my landlord has now been doing repairs in my building. He started to paint, he started to address the leaks and more than anything, I'm able to stay in my home. And if it wasn't for this organization, I'm in the support that they've given me. I don't know where I would be. I don't know where we, me and my family would be right now. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Anthony, and I'm a Code Enforcement Outreach Program Community Organizer. I wanted to provide you with an example from a recent case regarding why we belong in the budget. So we had a tenant come to us with issues with their plumbing backing up through their shower drain, and they wanted to submit a complaint right off the bat to DBI. We were able to talk to the tenant and mitigate that and talk to the landlord, convincing them to give them reasonable accommodation and instead of putting a complaint into DBI, we were able to get them to accommodate the tenant in a way that would not use your resources, not use your 
um, inspector's time, not use the budget in any way. Um, I think that more cases that we get like this, this is not an uncommon case. This happens quite frequently where we're able to mitigate the, the inspection or complaint before we, it gets to you guys. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Karen Taylor. I've been a peer counselor with Central City SRO Collaborative for more than a decade. Uh, we focus on SROs that are located in the Tenderloin. Uh, we work with Ford and Code Enforcement. We have helped countless people with having their rooms cleared of pests, of rodents, of mold. We have helped people with personality issues trouble dealing with management, nuisance, nuisance neighbors, fights, things like that. Uh, they have helped me personally. I live in an SRO. I live in the Hotel Pierre, where I've also been for more than 10 years on Jones Street. Uh, I do have some mobility issues, so they helped me with uh, an ADA request to move from the top floor to a lower floor in the event that the elevator breaks down, you know, so I won't be trapped on top of the building. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ADA requests they did. We do so many essential things, and they are all related to the department of the DBI. And it, it makes no sense to separate us from them when they're the ones that we work with. We do it more efficiently. We connect people who ordinarily would be too intimidated, would not know anything about the process, how to go down to City Hall and make them listen to you, stuff like that. Um, they would fear intimidation, things like that. Um, we provide services in a seamless way that is probably actually more cost effective and gets more people help, which is the purpose of the peer counselors anyway, to get out here and find the people that need help and help them so that they can have safe and clean places to live. Please leave us in the DBI. Thank you very much. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Peter Rauk. I'm also with Central City SRO Collaborative and as a peer counselor. My situation is a little different. I was a client uh, several years back and they managed to save me from losing my housing working with the Department of Public Health. I had a habitability issue. Um, since then, I've uh, managed to get an studio apartment and I moved once again to a wonderful one bedroom apartment and if it weren't for them they, I wouldn't have been able to you know graduate and move through the uh, the ladders of uh, um, housing but the point is there are so many folks that are out there um, that are in need of our help and uh, we've got the COVID situation still lingering there are many people who are delusional and think they have their rent covered and don't realize that's not the situation any longer and that's what we're there <clears throat> to help them handle as well as many folks that are just afraid to go to anybody else but they trust us so they come to ours for help for the habitability issues and without that i don't know where they would go um i know that for personal uh experience as i mentioned so i hope you will consider um, these folks that are out there that need our help because we don't need any additional people unhoused in San Francisco. Thank you.
Good morning, Commissioners. I'll be translating Mr. Canul. Buenos días a todos. Soy José Antonio Miscanol, vivo acá en la 245 Liverpool, Departamento 61. Ya tengo 20 años viviendo allá. Y la verdad, pues, no supe aquí que la, la, la voz latina está. Vino una muchacha en el departamento, me dice, ¿por qué no vas en la voz latina para que vas a informar todo lo que, lo que está pasando acá en tu cuarto? Ay, señorita, le digo, es que me hacen los diálisis, a veces yo cansado, no puedo, les digo. Good morning, everyone. I'm Miss Canul. I live in 245 Leavenworth Street. I had uh, many availability issues in my unit, and many, some other neighbors said, why don't you go ahead and go to La Voz Latina and Tendolo Housing Clinic to handle your availability issues. He is going through a dialysis treatment, so many times he's tired and he doesn't have the energy to be handling or calling the property company and waiting in line and submitting all the uh, work requests. Y le digo así a la muchacha, anda a pedir ayuda ya, me dice, para que vengan a checar tu cuarto, me dice, porque estás pagando tanto. Sí, me están cobrando 2.426, le digo, es mucho, me dice, y no te vienen a reparar. No, ya me fastidié, le digo, anda, me dice. So my friend was kept uh, uh, motivating me to go and find for assistance for my, with my habitability issues. I paid $2,400 on rent for one bedroom unit in the in, in 245 Leavenworth. Y me dice, debes ir a hablar otra vez en la oficina. Y me dice, ay, todo bueno, señor, gracias por decirme. Pero ya me fascina a marcar y no me contestan. Y no me vinieron a reparar eso de, de la carpeta. So after a certain time, I decided to make my appointment with Tendolan Housing Clinic and La Voz with the COVID enforcement program. And after a week, uh, we, uh, our staff program went and take pictures of the condition. We're going to show we had the pictures of before and after. Uh, so that was the condition of the bathroom. He had been living there for 20 years and 20 years, never had any repairs. Uh, two years without pest control. And uh, we addressed this, all these habitability issues directly with the property company. They were not too uh, happy um, to hear. And um, they, it seems like they have everything under control, their system and translation, but they're not. My client had been unable to uh, report his habitability issues. That's the kitchen floor. That's how it was, like, burnt, and that's how it is now. It was replaced. Uh, there was mold in the bathroom, like all the area walls, windows, and this is how it is now. After our intervention without the DVI support, that was that we address these availability issues directly with the property company the same week. The refrigerator was at a service. He used to put like a plastic bucket inside. It was a place, uh, but this is the work that we do on daily basis. There's tenants that cannot wait 
for an uh, inspector to show two weeks, three weeks, three weeks later, or to wait a month for the property company to do those repairs. So this is uh, one of the cases from our program. Thank you. Gracias. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Prativa Theke, and I oversee the community organizing department of Tenderloin Housing Clinic, under which we have Center City Asaro Collaborative and Code Enforcement. Um, I'm not here to say why we are important. You've heard a lot of public comments, and you've seen it for yourself, the amount of cases that we solve without DBI and with DBI inspectors. I, I, this is the first time I'm hearing present in the presentation that we are working with public on figuring out how to save your program, but we have not heard a single peep from any from the director. I know the director is not here. I wish he was here. He could explain to us what communication he has had with us in terms of saving this program. I want to make it very clear. I don't know what um, the management in DBI think about or Director Reardon thinks about our program because we are not just social workers. We, I don't want you to think we are that. We are, part of our hat is social work, but we do what the inspectors do. We do where tenants feel comfortable coming to us because we are in the community. And I don't understand why in, I've been working in this job for 15 years, and the last two years, last year and now, we have to be here begging how we are part of your family, and, we are not, and that's not what we have seen over the years. For, for last 10 years, there was no comment about, oh my God, you guys are not supposed to be funded through us, you have to go to general fund. But now that is what we are hearing. I would definitely say to postpone this vote that you have, work with us to figure out how to be put in your budget. We are part of your department. Even though we are CBOs, we do the job. You've seen it. I don't understand why we are not included in this conversation. Thank you. Hello 又拆開的地板、天花和牆壁進行徹底的維修,兩層樓宇的沖涼房可以正常使用。希望我們散房團結會可以繼續留在DBI預算中,不要收緊撥款,多謝。Hi, my name is Yong Yu Lei. I'm a Chinatown SRO organizer. I want to urge the DBI and the Commission to not cut SRO Families United Collaborative's funding. I remember one time when I visited an SRO family, I learned that both floors of their building had mold and water leaks in their communal showers. Though the tenants already informed property management and tried to get in contact with them, the issues never got repaired. Through my work as an SR organizer, we used several different languages, we spoke on the phone and in person with the management and the landlord many times to follow up on fixing the issues. So the floor panels, ceilings, the walls got comprehensive repairs and the showers were finally restored to be back in order. 
I hope that the SROFU funding can be put back into DBI's budget and have the funding restored. Thank you. Hello, 但是沒有來維修的 Um, it says there's one minute remaining, but do I still get two minutes for in translation? Sorry, I'm just noticing um, the timer issue. I had I had it at four minutes. So, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't realize you you switched people, so oh, I'll sorry. adjust it. Yes, different okay, person. Um, interpreting for her. Um, hi, everyone. I am Yongyu Situ. I am a SRO organizer from the Chinese Progressive Association. I want to urge DBI commissioners to not cut the CEOP and SRO collaboratives funding. In my work, I establish trust and relationship with SRO tenants through home visits, text messages, phone calls, all conducted in the tenant's language. Together, we contact landlords and management to resolve building issues around stoves that are broken, shared amenities, uh, issues, mold on the wall, etc. Recently, in a building that I am in charge of, the bathroom ventilation system and fans have broke down and stopped working, making life really challenging for families and the tenants. The families have informed management actually many times, but it did not get fixed. And so finally, the SRO families told me about these issues. So I documented the issues, I took photos, then I spoke with management to request these repairs. Because of my communication back and forth, the issues got resolved. The SRO families acknowledge how much that my work and other people's work improves their quality of life because I'm in regular communication with them. I hope the commissioners can restore our funding. Thank you. Hello,大家好 
嘅路途啊，經常係難咗。我以為都唔使排除脂肪，每日都六點鐘起牀煮飯啦。咁嘅生活方式，我好過好多麻煩，係咪好大壓力？我留意走龍係好好長嘅，冇好冇好工嘅又好黑。走龍嘅燈咧，經常係壞咗，都都冇人嚟運路轉啦。咁好多人老人家住喺度。佢用都係經常都用嘅擺掌，存在佢有好多問題。沖涼房嗰個嘅沖涼杯又係爛咗，都冇講咗好耐啦，都冇人去換。沖涼房咧，時時咧個沖涼啲水咧流下去走龍喺度，行路嗰咧唔小心咧就跌跌親啦。因為我係住喺三樓，落雨嗰陣時咧，我房間係漏水嘅。咁咧，我都係自己俾個房喺度裝住喺度，佢個房間咧係好濕嘅，要咪好多煤氣嘅。我經常咧向管理公司反映咗啦，但係冇人冇人反映。自從佢加入三港團結會之後，就組織完咧幫佢建築得非常之好，不存在嘅問題拍照好、記錄好、反映俾保俾管理局知，所以好多嘅時間佢哋回收好啦。而家咧，我嘅老二咧，卫生咧，未做得好，鬼性得好好，全部全部都系靠嘅主席嚟做好嘅。我希望我不诶熟悉嘅话咧，行啲行啲组织员、行访员啦、服务员啦，都系都系靠佢哋啦。希望咧，诶、呃，你哋咧一样继续支持三房团结会，多谢。Hi, my name is Yaping Lin. I hope that you can restore the CEOP and SR collaborative funds and include them back into DBI's budget. I'm a senior who takes care of two granddaughters, and we've been living in Chinatown SROs for over 10 years. Our building has three floors and over 60 total units. We share kitchens, showers, toilets with other tenants. Because the usage of the communal kitchen is so high, the stoves are often broken. In order to not have to wait for a very long time to cook, I wake up at 6 a.m. to use the kitchen and cook. This way of living is really burdensome and stressful for me. My building's hallways are long, very dim. The light bulbs have often gone out and they do not get promptly replaced. We also have many seniors who live in the building. Some of them use canes and assistive devices to help with walking. So there are a lot of hidden safety dangers for them. The shower curtains fell apart a long time ago, but the building has not replaced them. When we shower, water spills out into the hallway, making the floor slippery where passersby can trip. Because I live on the third top floor, when it rains, my room's ceiling leaks. I can only put some tape on it, but the entire unit is humid and moldy. We've reflected these issues to management company many times, but we never got a reply. After I joined the United uh, SRO Families United Collaborative, SO organizers helped us follow up on building issues by documenting them, sharing them with property management, and after that, repairs happened much quicker. Now, our building's safety, hygiene, maintenance have improved a lot because of organizers. We hope that organizers who speak our languages and dialects can come visit and serve us, and we hope you all will continue to support the SRO Families United Collaborative. Thank you. Hi, 大家好
我叫 Jack 江，呃，我喺呢度很求 DPI 委员将呃留意条例个会展计划同埋团结会个继续留喺留意检查处个二先中。呃，我系一个新移民，因为我一家四口住喺一个十平方左右个呃散房家庭散房入边，我有一个七岁嘅细路哥同一个十九岁个细路哥。誒、呃、每次遇到啲留意哦，即係啲留意問題而誒、呃、而廁所啊、堵塞啊，仲有通涼要排長龍啊、排排隊排好耐啊，同時啲通涼房會堵塞啊咁，我記相當無助。依家我都唔知揾邊位誒、呃，我七歲嘅細路嗰度係因為咁樣唔敢去廁所而導致一啲個腦唔舒服啊，誒、呃、心心理上唔舒服啊啲問題。好似依家到呢個時候咧，就散房誒團結會有人嚟幫助我哋，誒、呃、同我哋去跟跟進跟進留意個問題，然後去解決曬呢啲問題。所以誒、呃，我希望誒、呃、DBI 可以理解到我哋啲生活個困難，同時就係希望啊誒，即、呃、係、就是、如果唔好留意個留意個誒，即、呃、係、就是、團結會個。幫助我哋係冇可能去解決好多問題，所以我肯求希望 DBI 繼繼續將留意個條例會展計劃同埋省房團結會繼續留喺 DBI 個二線中。多謝。Hi, commissioners. My name is Jack Jang. I urge the commission to keep the CR program and SO families united collaborative in DBI's budget. I am a new immigrant, and my family of four lives in an SRO that is around 100 square feet. I have children aged 7 and 19. Every time we encounter building issues such as clogged toilet and shower drainage problems, my whole family feels quite helpless. My 7-year-old child even feels unwell for a period of time because he was afraid to use the toilet. Luckily, the SRO organizer have been very helpful to us. They visit our building, and with the follow-up assistance of the organizers, building issues are quickly resolved. I hope you can understand that the unresolved building issues can take a toll on tenants' mental health. The CL program and SLFU are very important to us, and I hope the DBI Commission and the DBI Department will continue to include the CL program and SL Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget. And do not reduce our funding. Thank you. Hello, 大家好，我个名叫李千乌，请委员会帮助散房家庭团结会和楼宇条例外展计划继续留喺 DBI 嘅预算中，并且希望唔好削减拨款。我哋一家四口住喺环境非常残旧嘅散房，我有两个小孩。兩歲嘅兒子同八歲嘅女兒，散房團結會對我哋嚟講好重要。組織員會定時嚟家訪我哋，了解我哋樓宇嘅情況同需求。上一次我哋嘅爐頭壞咗，維修遲遲未能解決，我哋二十多户人共用爐頭，煮飯變得更加困難。我嘅孩子餓咗，真冇辦法食到媽媽煮嘅飯。組織員翻嚟，跟進後嘅問題好快得到解決。我哋係低收入家庭，缺乏語言水平。散房團結工作人員與我哋係同一種語言
，我哋唔需要擔心演員嗰張啊。如果冇團聚會，我哋唔知道點算。肯請委員會繼續支持散房團聚會嘅撥款，並且唔好削減我哋嘅預算。多謝 ，thank you。Hi, commissioners. My name is Li Qingwu. I urge the commission to keep the CR program and the SO Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget, and please do not reduce our budget. My family of four lived in an SO that is in poor condition. I have two kids, a two-year-old son and an eight-year-old daughter. SOFU and CEOP are very important to us. Our organizers would visit us on a regular basis and they follow up on our building issues. Last time, our stove was broken and has not been repaired for a very long time. We have more than 20 households sharing one set of stove. It become even more difficult to cook. My kids were starving and weren't able to eat. After our organizer follow up on this issue, it was quickly resolved. We are low-income families. We have limited English skills. SOFU staff speak the same language as us, and we don't have to worry about language barriers. Without SOFU and CEOP, we would be so helpless. Please continue to include the CEOP program and SO Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget, and do not reduce our funding. Thank you. Hello,大家好,我是谭晏少,我是省房团结会的家庭,请委员会帮助省房家庭团结会和留意田府外经计划继续留在DBI,预算装备,希望不要吃减拔款,我一家四口子在华房省房,我一层楼有二十二扶
our issues not getting fixed. Please continue to include the CR program and the SRO Families United Collaborative in DBS budget and not reduce our funding. Thank you. Hello 反映给业主派人维修所以留意条例外展计划对散访来说是必不可少的 Hi, Commissioners. My name is Lee Chin Hee. I urge the Commission to keep the CR program and SO Families United Collaborative in DBS budget. My family of four lives in a tiny SRO. We often encounter building issues, such as a broken stove, broken faucet in the shower, broken exhaust fans in the bathroom, and a clogged toilet. When we experience building issues, the guidance and support from SO organizers help us to request repairs from the landlords. Recently, our shower exhaust fan broke, causing a very loud noise. After we take a shower, we hear a buzzing noise in our ears. Our SO organizers worked with all the tenants to address these issues with the landlord. And finally, the landlord repaired the exhaust fan. The CR program is crucial. So please continue to include our programs in your budget and do not reduce our funding. Thank you. Hello, 我和两个小朋友住在华埠一间白平方米的散房里面厨房的洗手盆、水龙头坏了很久都没人来维修 Lau
Hi, commissioners. My name is Xiaoping Huang. I urge the commission to keep the CR program and SRO Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget. My two daughters and I live in an SRO that is less than 80 square feet. Our kitchen sink's faucet is broken and the landlord does not repair it for a long time. Residents would have a high usage of the communal stove, so they often break down. As new immigrants, we were unaware that these are building issues that we can ask the landlord to repair. We only learn about this through our SL organizers without the guidance and support of SL organizers on building issues. Our building problems will only get worse. For this reason, the CL program is very, very important for SROs and everyone living in there. Our SO organizers play an important role. Therefore, please continue to include our programs in your budget and do not cut our funding. Thank you. Lau 我反映情況給省房組織員當天他對我們租客了解釋了消防條例我們留意設備很快得到維修我們都很需要省房團結會為我們提供的這些服務可以讓我們辛苦工作後回家有一個安心生活的地方在此我希望我們繼續能夠留住DBI的預算中我們省房留意租客能有更好的生活環境傳來
We are fortunate to have the help of our SO organizers, ensuring repairs are made in a timely manner. We need SO Families United Collaborative and the CL program. They provide important services to us. Please include us in your budget. The living environment of all SO residents relies on your support. Thank you. Hello, 天花板漏水、廁所沖涼房設施設備的維修、爐頭、熱水器維修和更換、煙霧報警器的維修、酒火通道堵塞、樓宇衛生和環境問題等等。因此,我在這裡再次懇請委員會繼續支持三房家庭團結會和樓宇條例外展計劃,留在DBI的預算裡面,令我們可以繼續提供這些重要的服務,多謝。Hi, Commissioners. I am an SRO organizer from CCDC, and my name is Chen Ping Huang. I urge the Commission to keep the CL program and the SRO Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget. I am responsible for co-enforcement outreach, outreach work in SL buildings. Many of the SL buildings in Chinatown are in poor conditions due to their age, resulting in many building issues. I have worked as an SL organizer for more than three years and have worked on over 200 building issues, including clogged drains, leaks, broken toilets, broken stove, no hot water, broken smoke detector, and more. We regularly educate tenants about building safety and building codes, encouraging them to report any issues. Our collaboration with DBI has been successful over the years, as we both share a commitment to improving SL building conditions to meet building code standards. I seek your support in including the CL program and SL Families United Collaborative in DBS budget to continue providing these essential services to SL Families. Thank you. Hello, Daika 我今天來請求樓宇檢查處委員不要吃減我們的預算
解決個電燈壞啦、冇熱水啦、屋頂漏水啦、廁所壞啦、水龍頭壞啦、各種牆面發毛等等。但最常跟進嘅係爐頭壞嘅問題。咁多嘅留意問題，如果冇外展員上門去服務去跟進同埋幫助，散房嘅住客咧係叫唔到業主主動去維修嘅。但係我哋因為有你哋嘅支持。先有資金支持散房填記會去幫助住喺散房嘅住客改善佢哋惡劣嘅住屋環境。再次請求委員們保留我哋嘅樓宇外展計劃，唔好削減散房家庭填記會嘅預算。多謝。Good morning, Commissioners. My name is Xiaoling Jing, and I am an organizer from SL Families United Collaborative. I urge the Commission to include a CR program and SO Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget and request that our budget not be reduced. Chinatown has many SO buildings. And as an SO organizer, I encounter many buildings with issues. The buildings are old, and every day there are building issues that need to be addressed. I have worked as an SO organizer for the past five years and have helped and help to solve around 2,000 building problems. I have fixed broken lights, addressed issues with no hot water, leaks, broken toilets, faucets, mold, and much more. Recently, I have been following up on many broken stove problems. With the number of building issues we face, if we do not have organizers to follow up and provide support, SL tenants will not be able to handle the volume of building issues and request repairs from landlords. However, with DBI's support, we can provide building code enforcement outreach to tenants and help them improve their living conditions so their buildings meet building code standards. Please continue to include the CR program and SL Families United Collaborative in DBI's budget and do not reduce our funding. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we will take a, a five minute uh, recess and then. Sorry for passing during the meeting. And then we'll, we'll resume the, um, the public comment.
Oh, sorry, you can begin your public yeah. comment. Thank you, uh, and good morning, commissioners. My name is Keen Chukwuneta. I'm a senior campaign coordinator with Jobs with Justice San Francisco. We're a labor and community coalition. Uh, I'm here to ask you not to cut the CEOP, CRS, SRO uh, collaborative budget um, and to bring those programs back into the DBI budget um, and raise the necessary fees, not just to cover the 10% cut, um, but to support the program going forward. Uh, Jobs with Justice San Francisco supported many of these groups last year when we were fighting um, to protect these and many other programs that were potentially going to be cut in the budget. Uh, we did this because we understand that programs like this um, <clears throat> are important interventions that protect the health and safety of uh, San Francisco families. Uh, so this program also includes DBI's ability uh, to focus resources on much more urgent cases while also intervening in cases before they become uh, you know, much more serious, similar to how a previous speaker was talking about how um, unresolved electrical um, issues led to a fire in her home. Uh, this is one of those rare cases uh, where small investments do buy your staff additional capacity in other areas. Um, so it seems like a bit of a no-brainer to safeguard this program by bringing it back into the DBI budget and off the general fund. Um, so this will ensure that resources uh, for the efficacy of the program or ensure uh, resources um, for the efficacy of the program and ensure that there are resources and other services. Um, I'm sorry, I got my notes all wrong. But basically, it'll make sure that the money is spent more efficiently. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Charlie Goss, and I'm the Government and Community Affairs Manager with the San Francisco Apartment Association. Uh, the SFAA, the Apartment Association, is the Code Enforcement, code enforcement Outreach Program's nonprofit partner that represents property owners and landlords here in San Francisco. Um, and I think part of why the Code Enforcement Outreach Program is so important and part of why it's so unique and also part of why it's so effective is because it's one of the only programs in San Francisco where you have nonprofits representing property owners and you have nonprofits representing tenants working towards a common goal and collaboration. And that's dealing with maintenance issues and dealing with habitability issues in apartments. Uh, our organization provides services in English, Spanish, Cantonese, and Mandarin for rental property owners. And a lot of the work we do helps them comply with the San Francisco Housing Code the warranty of habitability under state law, um, understanding what their obligations are to make repairs in apartments, and understanding what their tenants' rights are. Um, in doing so, we help property owners, large and small, stay compliant with the San Francisco Housing Code. We help them avoid incurring fees from the Department of Building Inspection. What that means is that their tenants have a better quality of life and a standard of living in their apartments, and it also means that the Department of Building Inspection is saving resources and services, uh, resources and staff time related to these, to these inspections. Uh, we see when maintenance issues aren't being addressed, you know, it comes down to an underlying dispute, a language barrier, a misunderstanding of what the requirements are under the law, and sometimes there are negligent property owners. And what we see is that the Code Enforcement Outreach Program is effective in dealing with all of those problems and doing it in multiple languages and providing services to property owners in all different neighborhoods citywide. And ultimately, we think that benefits tenants, the property owner, the, the department. Um, thanks for your time. We ask for full funding. Good morning, commissioners. My name is Molly Goldberg. I'm the director of the San Francisco Anti-Displacement Coalition, um, of which 
all of the tenant-serving organizations that you've heard from today are a member of. Um, none of us want to be here today um, to have to justify this essential work in this way, but I think it's so clear from everything you've heard from everyone um, who spoke today that these programs represent deeply skilled uh, code enforcement work, very, very effective and cost-effective code enforcement work that keeps people in place um, in both older buildings as well as new construction. Um, and I think that's something that is really essential, that if we, are, if we want to see the housing that exists in this city be actually habitable and for tenants to be able to remain in place, this work is so essential. Um, these programs represent decades and decades of experience um, and the people working for them. Um, and as you've heard from the thousands of cases that all of the CBOs are uh, seeing every year, that this is an extremely cost-effective way um, to resource this kind of these kinds of um, complex cases. And any cuts that we see will mean layoffs where we lose those decades of experience. That, and that is an extremely long-term process to replace. So we think it is extremely essential that you fully restore the budget um, to the 5.2 million level that we saw um, in years before this. And that you delay a vote on this budget until the department um, ensures that the CBOs are both fully funded and with a clear plan to keep this funding as it historically has been fully within the department and not relying on general funds. Thank you for your time. Happy Valentine's Day, commissioners. Um, I wish, my name is Maria Samudio, I'm the interim executive director at the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco, and I wish I could come here and say that we feel really cared for by the department, but we don't. Unfortunately, in the last two years of the 33-year history of this program, we have had to do something that is completely different for our work. We have had to come and talk to you all about why our programs matter. Last year, we were given one month's notice that our program was cut at 100%. For many of our organizations, that looked like a 25% cut. We worked incredibly hard with our allies at other parts of the city to ensure that this program was not cut. We did that. And we still faced a 7% cut from our original budget, from 5.2 to 4.8. And now we come to you all asking, when is, um, asking you all to ask the department, what is the plan to bring us back into DBI funds? What is the plan to ensure that after 33 years, this legacy program is brought back into the department that it is from? And the department tells us there is no plan. General fund is the plan. We know that general fund funding is the last resort. You have heard from our organizations we are not last resort programs. We are frontline programs. We make your department better. We are proactive code enforcement agents. At the Housing Rights Committee of San Francisco, we are currently in hundreds of buildings, making, doing work between our counseling work, where tenants call us, and then going to buildings proactively, ensuring that tenants are getting the follow-up that they need and the support that they need to abate codes. 27 years ago, 33, I'm sorry, 33 years ago, there was a bed bug epidemic in this city. 
there were fires happening constantly. This program made it possible for those things not to happen. 33 years, our work has been taken for granted, and now we're being asked um, to go find funding somewhere else. I ask that you all delay your vote on this project, on this budget, until there is a plan to bring us back into the DBI funds. Thank you. Apologies for going over. Okay, thank you. Is there any more public comment in person in the chambers today? Is there any remote public comment? Um, seeing none, then public comment is closed. We'll uh, now have the commissioner discussion. So if any commissioners wanted to speak or question. Um, yeah. So from what I've heard on this budget and this proposed budget from the department, it's a no for me for three reasons. Uh, the first is um, what we've received as commissioners, with the materials that we've received for this proposed budget, we've gotten a slideshow and a one-page Word document. Now, I'm uh, of the understanding that that's not going to be what's submitted to the mayor's office. So for me, I find it to be a dereliction of our duty to, uh, to approve a budget with an $18 million deficit without actually seeing what's in the budget first. And I find it a bit offensive that that would even be proposed to us as the solution one week before the deadline for submitting this to the mayor's office. Um, in the future, we're going to, I will be requesting that we have a discussion about this budget process because this is not, oh, speaking to this mic, uh, because uh, our obligation, our duty here as commissioners is, is to oversee this department and how can we do that if we're not looking at the budget and the actual figures in the budget? Now, of course, that may have been the practice in the past for approving budgets. I don't know. That's probably how it was. Uh, but I would like to see that changed in the future because I cannot in good conscience approve a budget with an $18 million deficit without looking at it first. <clears throat> the second reason why it's a no for me uh, is we haven't, we haven't received a proposal which actually fully, uh, fully uh, accounts for full cost recovery. Now, that's been in our discussions in my time in this on this commission for the entirety of my time on this commission. And for us to not receive a proposal with a full cost recovery uh, component so we can actually deliberate and decide if we want to make that decision to phase in uh, phase in cost increases or to go with a full cost recovery. Uh, I find that to be wanting from this discussion today and from this budget process. And I, I understand there were, uh, with the consultants that developed the fee study, and in our discussions, uh, the idea behind the phased in cost increases was, well, there's local policy uh, considerations that would support uh, phasing in the increases. Sticker shock uh, is what, uh, as, as I've uh, summarized those concerns. Um, but <clears throat> that's not the, uh, this department proposing a budget with an $18 million deficit is not the only way for local policy considerations and economic development considerations desired by elected officials in the city to address the sticker shock from raising the fees. 
That can be addressed through the general fund and not through this department risking insolvency by passing another budget with an $18 million deficit and just hoping that in the future we can recover that. <clears throat> so uh, the third reason is related to the CBOs and the CBO funding. And it's not, uh, this is again a, an issue of solvency and something I've not heard from the department when it comes to uh, the plan. Well, let me put it this way. I've not heard a plan from this department yet in my time on the commission for what we would do if we did cut the CBO funding. So let's say, I mean, the plan is just hoping that the, the Board of Supervisors and the Mayor will approve funding through the general fund. But what happens if they don't do that? What happens to this department if they don't do that? Because I, I've looked through the fee study, and our inspector's hourly rate is 4.61 an hour and 5.11 for overtime. If, and my understanding, and I have to speculate a bit because, again, this has not been presented to this commission so long as I've been on this commission, but my understanding is there's, there's, there's about two dozen or so uh, CBO uh, agents, our deputies, out in the field doing the work, doing the inspection work. And if they're only doing 1,000 hours a year of that, that's 24,000 hours of labor time. At 461, 461 an hour, which is the inspector rate, that's $11 million. Where's, where's the discussion on how we're going to pay for that? So it's a no for me. Uh, I would like to see, before we vote on this, or any budget, I would like to see the full budget and what's going to be submitted to the mayor's office. And I'd like to see an alternative budget that we can consider, which includes full cost recovery. Thank you. Commissioner Summer. I think I'm this one. Um, I don't have a... You can just, uh, I can hear you, but it's just because of the mic. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't have as um, well prepared of a list. Um, I, I wanted to thank the people who've come here today um, and have come to other previous meetings over the last year for their time. Um, the, one of the last people said, you know, they don't want to be here doing this, of course. Um, so I just want to say I appreciate that. No matter how this goes, I, I fully understand, I will say, that this is a difficult process, that there are demands on the budget from all sides, and I... I, I I think I sympathize on all, on all you know, people participating in this process. That there's there's just not enough money at this point to go around to all the people who need it, deserve it. Um, I, I I think that's all I wanted to say at this time. Um, I'll pass it on to my fellow commissioners. We'll see where this goes today. Thank you very much. Um, okay, I am on. <laughs> Sorry, it's like a mile away. I'll try this a little better. Um, echoing the commissioner, um, thank you all for being here, of course. And it's not the first time I've heard um, from you. And uh, I've been on this commission for a year now, and I believe my first meeting was about the same issue. And I think we went beyond what was asked as far as the fee increase amount and I believe I made the motion and it was approved that we doubled whatever was asked for so that there was plenty of money to continue to fund this important program can't remember where we settled on but we settled on an amount 
Um, and this keeps coming up, and I, I just, I'm not sure I get it, because we keep saying, I believe all of us have kept, have kept keep saying that we support the CBO program, and it's a valuable, valuable asset, and why not keep it whole, a program that works? Um, I'm still trying to figure that out. So I get it, though. You know, we have a duty as a commission to look at a budget. Um, I do know that, you know, I have programs outside of the DBI that, you know, I manage that are also on the chopping block. So I'm going to be switching places with many of you um, and fighting for funding. So it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. And I, I just appreciate you all advocating for such an important service. And I, um, I would just hate to see anything touched um, on this CBO uh, funding, because if anything, I think it should be increased. Um, but I have to uh, go with the rest of the board here. So I'll pass it to our commissioner. Um, I would like to start by responding to some of the um, firstly, we won't be able to see a balanced budget until we finish the fee study and that is approved and we actually see that revenue start to come in. We are an enterprise agency, which means that we are at the whims of what mm. is happening in the world, right? So if the construction industry is booming, then DBI is bringing in the bucks. If things slow down, like what is happening right now, then we're not getting the revenue that we're projecting, right? And the fee study is not going to, is being approved by legislative action, and that's not happening for another few months. Um, and they'll be, they'll come back and share with us after that. Um, but we, we're gonna, I can't in good conscience hold up the department's budget um, because the fee study is not done. We've seen the fee study. We, we've seen the plan. We know what's going to happen. We know how things are going to be phased in. Um, and it is our fiscal responsibility to make sure that the department continues to run um, and that these people can do their jobs. Um, I, and Alex, I have to say you've done a really good job presenting the budget. I, in a former life, was a budget analyst for the city of New York. I've had to stand in front of people and, and, and share the information you're sharing, so I really appreciate the, the, de the detail that you've gone into, the thoughtfulness and the way that you've presented the information. Um, it would be nice to see a little bit more detailed budget. Um, you know, I, like I, I, I appreciate that that comment. We have actually uh, have the ability to request those things, and you can, um, and you can look at that. Um, and actually, it's a part of the public budget cycle. The budgets are uh, published, although I know it was not shared in full at this meeting. Um, and then, secondly, to the CBOs. You know, last week I went and I toured a property. And, I, and my day job is an affordable housing developer. I am from San Francisco. I grew up in Soma. I went to Bessie Carmichael. I had friends that lived in SROs growing up. I went to Galileo High School. I had friends that lived in SROs in Chinatown and the Tenderloin. My grandfather lived in an SRO in the Mission when he wasn't living in an RV. And so I appreciate the work that you do, and I really, really, really do. Um, 
but we have a budget here that, like, he, like Commissioner Williams pointed out, isn't balancing. And this is the only program that isn't mandated for us to fund, right? Everything else that is being funded in our bad budget is things that are mandated for us to fund. And, you know, I support these programs. I strongly urge the mayor, I strongly urge the, the, the city supervisors to keep supporting this program. I'm happy to write a letter in support of the work that you're doing. However, I don't think that it belongs in DBI's budget. Um, and I, I'm a yes on the budget. Commissioner Chavez. A lot to follow up. Um, <laughs> I, I also want to start by saying thank you to everyone for all the time uh, that you've spent coming here today. I know this is not how you want to spend a regular Wednesday or your Valentine's Day, um, and really appreciate all of the work that you all do to make sure people live in safe uh, housing. That's really critical and important work that we're really grateful that you all do. Um, I. I am with my commissioners in that I, I don't, I can't conscious hold up this budget. I also agree that the work that you all do is incredibly important and I would support uh, Commissioner Newman in writing a strong recommendation and having conversations with supervisors and the mayor to ensure that you all continue to keep your funding. We, we don't have a balanced budget. We're really making a lot of hard choices, I think, across the city and as much, I. I don't think I have much more to add to what has already been said, but um, really f support you all, and I'm grateful for you all. Um, and we're just in a really hard place today. Go ahead. Come on, Mike. Um, firstly, Com Commissioner Williams, I'd like to apologize for the, the lack of the detail that was furnished to you. Um, based on past uh, past experience here, the summer, summary that was uh, provided by um, Deputy Director Koskinen uh, was something that was warranted over here. So people hate to talk to the mic. The mic. This one. Ah. Some some commissioners in the past have hate, hated the, the detail that, that you requested, but uh, nonetheless, it will be furnished uh, at your request. Um, I wanted to offer DBI's. Uh, perspective, the, the testimony that we've received today as being heartfelt uh, and as received well, we support the, uh, the efforts uh, of CEOPS and the, the CBOs that are out there. Don't, don't misunderstand our pers perspective here. However, DBI is facing an existential threat with funding, and that's the reason why we have to b uh, balance the budget in this way. Um, we will continue to look for, for, uh, for ways uh, with the with the mayor's budget office to to make this happen, but uh, some of the the comments were uh, how comes DBI has not um, made an issue of this in the last 33 years or so, or so on uh, so on and so forth. We haven't faced the existential threat that we're facing today. In the two years that I have been here, um, it has been on a on a, on a downward trend. We all know the reasons for it, and um, this is where we are at today. And that's the, the, the comment I'd like to add. Thank you. Thank you. And Deputy Director Koskinen, did you? Commissioners, 
the format of the budget presentation was um, just substantially similar to last year's and my first year last year I made a presentation that was similar to the year before that. I'm happy to provide the full line item budget. It's a few thousand line technical document where you can see all the things. It's And if there are any questions about what some of the codes, what the format is, we'd be happy to answer. So right when I get back to my desk after this meeting, I will send out the full, complete, detailed budget report. Um, and to uh, address some of the other issues that were raised. Uh, cost recovery, that was included in the fee study. The fee study showed two things. It showed what the full fee cost, fee, uh, recovery fees would be and the, the fees that we are proposing now, which are less. So the roadmap to full cost recovery is just eventually achieve those maximum fees that are in the fee study that the consultant listed. Um, and yes, in order to get there, uh, we are slowly phasing some in to prevent large increases to individual fees. Some fees are going up to their maximum allowed amount this year. Others that were historically lower, most notably in inspections, are will take longer to phase in. And the plan now is, again, to propose another increase for fiscal year 26 and then a final increase for fiscal year 27. And then in fiscal year 27, we would be at the uh, fee amounts that are listed in the fee study as full cost recovery. Of course, those amounts will be slightly different. Salaries increase, costs increase, revenues change, but um, they will, that, that, that is where we will, will get to, assuming that costs are what they are today, which it'll, it'll be slightly different, but substantially it will be what is included in the fee study. Um, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kapla, sorry Alex. Um, assuming that all that passes. Yes, and I also want to say the fee study and whether to go to full cost recovery right away or go to the recommended cost recovery, that will be a separate legislative item before the commission. So um, by approving the budget with or without modifications today would not mean you have to adopt the fee study in a certain way, you would still have the discretion to recommend uh, the fees increase in a different way. Are there any other questions for me? Is there anything else that I can address? So first of all, I apologize for my tone. Uh, let me put my mic on. So in my statement, uh, my tone was a little bit harsh, and that's not what I, what I meant. And, and uh, Alex, I like you a lot, and I think you're doing a, uh, you've done a great job. And so my frustration is not with you. And uh, in fact, uh, I will say that uh, with a little more foresight, or if I uh, thought more about this budget process in December or so, I would have been pushing to see what was actually going to be proposed to the mayor's office. So I take some, I take responsibility for this. Uh, but I, I still would like to see the thing being proposed to the mayor's office. And I think that's my duty as a commissioner before I approve a budget to know what's in the budget by line item. Even though it's substantial, I'm sure, uh, that's work I have to do. That's just, you know, I'm gonna have to make a weekend out of it or something, but I'll, I'll do that. So that's, before I would approve any, like before I would approve a budget, especially one with an $18 million deficit, that would be something I would need to do first. May not matter, but that's just, uh, 
my take on it. So in your discussions with, in the department's discussions about this, this budget and in relation to the CBO programs, because this is, this has been an issue so long as I've been on this commission. We've had this nearly every month. The CBO programs have become a talking point. And again, um, what I can't recall us ever discussing is if the CBO programs didn't exist, how would the department handle their work, whatever that may be? So was that discussed in preparing the budget at all? Can anybody from the department speak on that, what our, our plan is for that? Because this is about, frankly, my position here has less to do with the, it has some to do with the important work of the CBO programs and their clients, but also it's mainly about the fiscal solvency of the department. Because if, if the CBO programs are not doing the work, the enforcement work, and instead that work is being replaced by DBI inspectors who are much more expensive, have we done any uh, accounting on what that would, would cost and if we can afford that? So before answering, I just want to reiterate again to everybody that the programs are in the budget for both years the funding source is general fund rather than DBI fees. That's the only difference. To answer the question, and it's a good one, what would happen if the CBOs were completely gone, snap fingers, the work stops happening? We don't have a great idea. It's hard to know. We, this work is very important. It's very good. These are people in the community. It would likely be some combination of increased work for DBI or just these complaints never going anywhere and them, never, them not being addressed or being taking longer to be addressed. So that's why this work is, is very important and we didn't contemplate these programs going away entirely for this budget. But to answer the question, what would happen if they did? We'd really have to talk to our housing inspectors and get a better idea from them what would happen. We have vacant positions in our housing, uh, in uh, uh, HIS, that are unfilled but available to hire. We have not hired them because we have attrition targets we have to meet. We would likely have to hire additional housing inspectors, it, fill those unfilled positions currently. And um, what would that mean for our operations? Would we then just have to use additional fund balance or would we have to delay spending in other areas or cut spending in other groups. So instead of hiring a few more building inspectors, we, when somebody, a building inspector retires, leave that vacant and hire another housing inspector, we need to, I think those are our two real options, either cut spending elsewhere, so reduce services elsewhere, or use additional fund balance to hire positions that we currently have and are holding vacant. And staffing, hiring, we meet regularly to discuss that, talk about department priorities. When people leave, we have discussions, do we backfill that person or is there another vacant position elsewhere that's more important that we should fill? So it's just ongoing department management. But what would happen, again, is it just four vacant housing inspectors worth of work if all the CBOs were to go away? That I don't know.
Thank you, commissioners. Um, everyone is uh, next. We just have to determine is, is there a motion to um, regarding this budget? So Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, all you do whatever you guys would need to do, and just let me know. I'm here. <laughs> I can continue talking. Uh, <laughs> Here's, here's what I propose. We have a meeting next week. Between now and next week, uh, we get delivered the full budget, and also we get delivered an alternative budget that we can vote on. Not, not to interrupt you, um, Commissioner, there are only, um, I have confirmed four commissioners for the next regular meeting next week, unless some, there's some additional meeting that everybody can make. There's only four commissioners that are scheduled for next week. All right. Well, then, uh, questions for uh, the department or Deputy City Attorney Rob Capilla. What happens if we don't approve the budget today? Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Capilla, the requirement is for the department to have an approved budget to submit to the mayor. Um, it requires a five favorable vote. If there were a chance to have consensus on five before the deadline to submit to the mayor, we could try and schedule a meeting, although that looks very tight at this point. Um, uh, otherwise, the department would have to say we do not have a commission-approved budget. What happens if we don't have a commission-approved budget? That I don't know the actual answer to. Um, I don't. I wouldn't like to find out. So, <laughs> but um, we, we do have to have a, 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 a vote. This is a specific provision for the Building Inspection Commission that we have two hearings on the budget, which we've now had two hearings on the budget, and the information required for the board to consider the budget um, by charter minimum is the line items that are blank on the forms provided by the controller. So if that information was before you, that is technically your area for consideration of the budget. I understand this situation, you specifically would like additional information. So if there's a chance to get that information to you for your consideration prior to the deadline, such that the commission can meet again, that's one option. Or if you have specific questions that maybe Alex can answer while we're all here. It looks like uh, Commissioner Summer has a, a question. Um, I was going to say, I, I I feel like in past cycles we have been provided a more fleshed out version. Um, I, I I was going to express the you know we work with the department. There's you know there, there's we oversee the department as well. I think there is a certain level of trust there. Obviously, our job is to ensure that that is appropriately placed. Um, I've appreciated Alex's um, presentations and, you know, I would say transparency, it has seemed to me, in terms of, um, you know, we've asked questions along the way over this last year about different line items. 
And then, of course, especially regarding this one very challenging issue um, of the community-based organization support, um, which I think you've been very forthcoming about, you know, knowing that it's a, a difficult topic and bringing it up explicitly in, in your slides and your presentations. Um, I, I would be prepared with, you know, perhaps a recommendation or, or a, I, I don't know what our language is, a request, an insistence that there's some future discussion of, of that particular line item. Um, and perhaps even, you know, future discussions about the rest of the budget. In, in my mind, though, I mean, I feel like we're a little bit at the 11th hour to be asking, you know, to be reviewing the line-by-line line budget. Um, not that I don't appreciate the request, uh, and, and perhaps if that's, you know, how we want to be doing this from now on, we, we start talking about that, like you said, in, in December, or, you know, we talked about this at our last meeting in January as well. That was when you first presented the, the next budget. Um, so I, I guess where I'm going is it, it seems a little bit like schedule-wise and sort of, you know, in order to move things forward, we are in a tough position, and, and I would be prepared with some language about amendments to um, support the current budget, which I think is what at least a few other people are saying, and I, I, I don't know if there's further discussion that can, um, you know, make, make you, Commissioner, feel um, better about where we are, or. Here's something. Uh, the commissioners who are proponents of this budget, or would consider being proponents of this budget, um, part of the argument in favor of the budget and in favor of cutting the CBO funding is that it's times are tough and we have to um, we have to get we have to deal with the budget deficit and we have to address the budget deficit. What I would like to hear from you is where in that argument does this budget accord with that argument? Because this budget has an $18 million deficit. I, I think we're having a little bit of a circular argument here. Yes, we know we have a deficit and that is part of the issue that we're trying to solve with the fee study. The fee study will not be approved prior to this budget. We have all of our projections based on those fee studies. Um, and as city attorney has pointed out, we have another meeting to talk about the fee studies and how we're going to implement those in order to make the budget whole and make up those deficits. Right now we have sufficient fund balance to cover our shortfalls. And the, the big issue here is to make sure that when we get to 2027, that we're no longer drawing on that fee that fund balance and we have a, a department that is solvent and actually is working as an enterprise agency is intended to work because right now it's not. Mm -hmm. And so I, like, I understand that you see this bottom line deficit, but we've been given the plan for how it's going to be fixed and we're not going to fix it here today unless we're going to ask the department to let go of a lot of employees. Or ask the department to raise fees. Right. So, okay. So, so it, and, and here's the thing. 
If you're saying the information's insufficient because of the absence of the approval of the fee study to discuss raising those fees in this budget, then why is it not also insufficient for cutting the CBO funding? Uh, well, it's, I will say that we're already at a point where, like I said when I first started talking, we are at the whims of whatever is happening out there in the world in the markets. I work in development. I can tell you things are not moving right now. Things are not moving right now. And so the department actually only collects fees if projects are moving forward. The, the, the bulk of our budget comes from large projects moving forward and those fees. We, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of those. And if we put the CBO back into our budget, that is just, that is just gonna further compound that issue. Right now, we, basically we've cut everything we possibly can that without starting to cut staff, right? from our budget like we that this was like a last ditch choice we did not want to have to make this choice but there's nothing else less left to give in this budget you can't get blood from a rock and also the money that comes that's coming in isn't guaranteed it's it's not guaranteed we don't actually know what our like what our revenues are going to be our revenues are fully dependent on what is happening in the housing market and that is why in 2014, when things were booming, we had to cut fees. And we, and we kept those low fees for a really long time. And why we're in the position now that we have to do, you know, a fee study to raise those fees because now the, the well has run dry and San Francisco isn't booming with development right now. So we're not bringing in the revenue that we had in the past. Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan, I just want to make sure we're all using the same terminology so we okay. can make sure we uh, understand each other on these things. Um, so the proposed budget, as far as I understand, Alex, please correct me, it shows what the department proposes to spend, um, give out, and where it uh, assumes that money is gonna come in. All of these are projections at this point, but the projection is that the CBO funds uh, will be spent, but they will be spent at, is it seven or 10% less than 10. last year's budget? So um, I just want to be clear when we say cut, do we mean um, is someone proposing to not spend any of the money for the CBO or, to, or are we referring to the 7 or 10% cut that's proposed? I, I think it might be to Commissioner right now, right now it's being funded through the general fund, correct? It, yes, right? it, it's it, being funded through the general fund and um, there is the opportunity to increase fees to cover, assuming it isn't in the general fund or assuming you want to take it out of the general fund, that would be part of the fee study determination, how to increase the fees. I believe that's a 6% increase for all fees. I'm not sure what the math comes out to. Right. But I, I just want to make sure, no, the proposed budget doesn't propose um, cutting the CBO funds completely. It proposes a 10% cut. So if we wanted to talk about restoring that 10% with fee funds, or are we talking about restoring the entire $5 million with fee and not accepting general funds if they're provided, I just want to make sure the commissioners are speaking about the same uh, sum. So I think there's two things happening here. There's the idea of the programs being funded through the general fund, which I think everyone, everyone across the city has had to take cuts. And so I, 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 I fully support the programs being funded through the general fund, period. Um, 
I think the second piece is has to do with the fee study and we're conflating the two is what I'm hearing. The fee study piece has to do with how we're going to make our budget whole moving forward and we're getting really caught up on that and that cannot be decided here today. Deputy Director Alex Koskinen. Um, correct. In year one, you'll see that fund balance, the, the operating deficit revenue minus expenditure drops from 18 million to 9.2. So that assumes that we will ask for another fee increase yes year, or next year, but that's not even on the table now. That will have to be another proposed legislation or depending on this year's legislation, there will have to be some mechanism next year for increasing that again. But that is the tentative plan. So in fiscal year 26, the operating deficit is assumed to be 9.2 million down from 18. And then next year when you see, when fiscal year 26 becomes year one and 27 becomes year two, then you'll see no use of fund balance or the tentative plan now is to show no use of fund balance and revenues equal to expenditures. Um, given where we're at, I have a few thoughts about like maybe some steps forward for us in terms of. I'll speak it to the mic. These mics are Thank just you. so inconvenient. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, that's on me moving. Okay. Hmm. Um, a few, uh, maybe proposals, I don't, um, I think that we can strongly recommend that this, like, that the funding that is already committed in the general fund be continued and that we have, um, and just come from the commission as a recommendation that this should be continued and if possible meet its full amount. Um, I also think that as a, I think that we should make a plan to have a conversation about this and another, it seems like this might not be the setting to make a plan for the future, but there is a question in, in terms of whether this is going to be funding that continues beyond the projected years. And we could have a conversation about that in a future meeting. Um, and the other thing, I, from what I understand, the community organizations also provide quarterly reports and information um, this isn't necessarily related to the budget, but I think that it would be um, it would be good for us to start incorporating that into our regular commission hearing so we have a better understanding of the work that they're doing and that can stay present in our conversations. Um, so we can have some information from that report or we can have community partners report on some of the work that they're doing uh, moving forward and feel that that's fully incorporated into the work that we do as a department and um, that we understand that as a commission. I think those are great suggestions. I don't think, well, am I, guess, guess, am I the only one? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, the, <clears throat> again, uh, with the CBO funding, sending a, a nice, strongly worded letter supporting them uh, and hoping that the support comes in, that's hope, that's not a plan. But that's Which what is, we can do today. So, We're so, on a... Okay, so, and also actually, today I could it, not it, approve the budget, it is, and then we can walk out of here. It is funded right now for two years through the general fund, yes? 
correct. Yeah. Right. And so the ongoing conversation is then when we do the fee study and we do the approval of when the, how those get phased in, that's the time to have that conversation when we're planning for the future and beyond, right? That right now for the next two-year budget cycle, that this program, the, the CEOP program is funded through the general budget. Yes? Am right. I am I am I missing something here? The the proposal is to cut their budget by seven percent, correct? By ten percent. Yes, down to the level of actual spending last year. So that when we looked at it, this is our attempt to say yes, this is a difficult cut. However, this is the amount of money that was actually spent last year. Hopefully, I mean, I know that inflation is a thing, costs increase, but um we hope that the same services provided last year can be provided this year, even with the reduction. Yeah. So I, I think that this is not like that. That's not a reason to hold up the budget. I think we can have that conversation and we should have that conversation when we're talking about how we're going to implement fees and how we're going to cover costs going forward. Yeah. <laughs> But we ha and we have had a conversation on the fee study and how it's going to be pulled into the budget. I like, what meeting was that? Um, and it had details and it had line by line items of like each of the programs that were going to have the, or each of the fees that were going to be increased and how they were going to be increased over a period of time. That was the initial plan for that study, and then. They're going to come back and talk to us about it, and we have another bite at the apple on the fee study to talk about how those fees are put into the budget. But for now, the COP programs are being funded through the general budget for the next two years, and this is the our budget for the next two years. Um, it looks like there's two commissioners, Commissioner Summer and um, is it Commissioner Williams? Commissioner Summer. Okay, Commissioner Summer. Oh, that was you. Okay. Do you have your mic on? Your, did you have a request to speak? I did request to speak. Um, I was curious so regarding the balanced budget um, item. I, I know that we have. Well, addressing my comment. Perhaps mainly to Commissioner Williams. Sorry, uh, <laughs> no, I, I stopped to wait. Um, I was just um, for discussion regarding the balanced budget item. Um, I guess, and and I think your concerns have been echoed. We've been talking about this for multiple um, cycles, or or a couple cycles, whatever. For a little while since I've been on this commission. Um, and, you know, we've had opinions expressed in general public comment about the balanced budget, and I think it's been top of mind for everyone. I mean, my understanding, and I am not a former budget person, um, I, I, and I feel the similar alarm when you see a budget deficit of such significance. It's like, you know, alarming. Um, and, and, and it's only been getting, frankly, smaller in the time that I've, it was worse you know, we've, we've used up a fair bit of our fund balance, and this has been the discussion is, hey, and you, ha you have a nice chart for it. I like charts, um, you know, with the yellow line going down, that's, that's our fund balance going down, down. Um, I, I guess I feel, based on the information we have been provided, that we are not going, we are not going to 
provide a balanced budget that, that uses no fund balance. I mean, I think, and you, as you mentioned, you would have to increase the fees and, I, and you know, you, you or someone mentioned sticker shock um, and, you know, the, the opposing view that if you're raising fees a lot, you're now stifling development, which then also stifles the fees and it's this kind of circular thing. So I, I guess I had, again, I'm not a budget finance person, but the notion of coming out of a deficit in a um, controlled manner seemed reasonable to me. I guess that's what I'm saying. That's a great point, Commissioner. Thank you for bringing up the chart. The chart does indeed show the future plan and how we expect at this point to get to a balanced budget. And the op if, if we wanted to balance it this year, then that or the orange revenue line would just go vertical up to the amount of expenditure. Um, that potentially is an option when we discuss the fee study legislation instead of the department's proposed fees, which are less than full reco cost recovery, we could go all the way up, which would simply mean that costs would go up way more this year, all the way up to full cost recovery. And then it would also mean that the department would be left with a greater amount of its fund balance. So the proposal that's in front of you now takes us down to um, 8.2 million. This number has since, uh, and, and we feel like that is a reasonable, responsible amount to end up with uh, at full cost recovery, given the uncertainties that we work with, the, the market for, for the demand for our services out there. I mean, in a perfect world, we would know exactly what the price elasticity of demand is and I think it's important to really do our best to make sure that we're not overburdening our fee payers. If we raise fees too much, then what we don't want to have happen is developers to say, well, it costs too much to build now, we're not going to build. And then for homeowners and small businesses, we don't want them to say, oh, well, it's too, too much, I'm just not going to get a permit and roll the dice and see if in both of those scenarios are, are really bad for not just DBI, but the city in general. Uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Capo, I also want to be clear because procedurally, the decision you make today cannot bind your decision you would make on the fee study later. So I want to, I don't, I, I want to make sure your commissioners aren't confused that in some way voting this way would mean you can only adopt a fee study, a fee increase in a certain realm that's projected. The, uh, revenue projections are projections, so the economy could change, they, the numbers could change significantly. And so I believe the, the more important thing within your purview is the expenditures and whether or not you agree with the expenditures or think there could be decreases in expenditures. But to be clear, if you were to vote today with this projection, this projection of revenue does not mean you have to only approve the fee study as proposed by DBI. Um, and I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not, um, Commissioner Williams, if there was uh, a graph that showed a alternative projection of uh, revenues that had the full cost recovery, how that would impact the deficit over short term. That might be additional information to supplement the budget with. Yes, uh, to that. Uh, yes, that additional graph would be good. Uh, now, the concern about the fee payers, I agree. Uh, we shouldn't overburden them. 
It could stifle uh, their participation in legal development, which is uh, antithetical to the department's mission. Uh, where I don't agree, uh, I'm sorry, let me get closer. Where I don't agree is why, and, and as you said, that's an issue for the entire city. Where I disagree, and I've not been persuaded by anything I've heard in this meeting or any other meeting, is why this department should risk insolvency and instead of the elected officials of this city addressing that policy concern. Which policy concern? The, the burden of cost, fee, the fee cost burden to the payers who are participating in uh, development in the city. There is no reason that I've heard why that cannot be funded from the general fund. It's a subsidy. I, I appreciate that, but this is not the place for that conversation. Like, I'm happy to have that conversation when we get to the fee study. Right now, what we're trying to do is pass a budget that can then go to the next step and be approved by the mayor. The fee study piece of it, like, I'm happy to have that conversation when it's time to have that conversation. And I, I understand they're, they're very intertwined, but right now before us, we have a budget with, a, I think, a good plan to pull us out of a deficit. Um, and part of that is the fee study. Now, if we want to be more aggressive with that, when we have the opportunity to approve the fee study, then let's address that at this time. But for, for now, this budget, I think, is a good one. May I? Okay, let's, let's discuss expenditures. Uh, and maybe I can be persuaded. Maybe you can help me be persuaded here. Because we're eventually going to be cutting funding from the CBOs. And that's cutting an expenditure. But, okay, uh, we're, go not, we're not going to eventually be cutting funding from the CBOs. The CBOs are funded for the next oh. two-year fund cycle. And we have the opportunity through the fee study to talk about whether or not we continue, to, we pull those programs into what is supportable under our fees. For two. It's for two. It's showing in the two-year, it's showing in the two-year budget. Are, are we allowed we're, to? We're, we're engaging, like we, sorry, I understand. Um, I don't, I'm not an expert on I, any of this, but I, I was told that the commission can vote on a budget and make uh, recommendations. Okay. Maybe that's an option. I think that's a great idea. We can vote on the budget and with recommendations uh, to continue to support the CBOs. Um, I think that's, that seems reasonable to me. I don't know how other folks feel about that. Commissioner Williams. <laughs> um, Commissioner Sachs, how do you feel about it? Um, <laughs> getting the right microphone. Um, it's all great discussion. Um, you know, again, I want to emphasize that you know I have programming within you know what I do outside this commission that also was on the chopping block, including you know 10 percent, 20 percent, or even you know eliminated altogether. So I'm super, super sensitive to 
everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that the CBOs are being funded. You know, there is money in there, so thank goodness for that. It's not a complete, um, you know, guillotine moment there. Um, I do think that, you know, my role as a commissioner is I have to, you know, move things along. And then I also think there's an opportunity to come back to the uh, fee study and where there's gaps, perhaps that's the time to, you know, get, you know, whatever, whatever we need to do, do it then when we're discussing and approving the fee study. But in the meanwhile, I do know citywide, everybody is getting, you know, a 10% or, or even bigger cut. So, you know, uh, the CBO work is super important. There's no doubt in my mind how important it is. And um, I would love to walk out of here and just say everything's 100%. I've been saying that for a year, by the way, every meeting I have been saying that. And here we are, you know, the, the moment has arrived. And I just feel like it's my responsibility as a commissioner to move this budget forward with recommendations, strong recommendations, you know, about the CBO funding, including um, you know, the commissioner talked about a letter to the mayor. I'm, I'm down with that, too. Whatever it takes. I think we're all in agreement that the CBO should be funded in its fullest. I, we all agree. So how do we move this forward and uh, try to keep that happening? So that's what I got to say. One point to make here. I cannot speak for the mayor's office, but all general fund departments are facing a 10% cut to ask the mayor's office to make up, uh, to close the hole in our budget this year with general fund. So, hey, general fund, can we have $18 million? We will use that to subsidize rates of, of fee payers. Uh, is a very difficult ask. Homelessness, police, fire, they're all facing cuts, and then we would essentially be asking them to cut even more to um, bring, us, bring us up to full cost recovery now when I believe that we do have sufficient fund balance to phase this in and to ease us in. We will end if, if the budget as proposed uh, were submitted and if reality comes to pass as budgeted, then we would end with a few million dollars in remaining fund balance just in case something, uh, revenue does come in lower. So if, are, are there any specific expenditure items that are at issue? Uh, it, it would be fantastic if the BIC could submit a recommendation <laughs> to mayor's office to close, to give a DBI an extra $18 million <laughs> of general fund, but I, I don't think that's, that's very realistic. And I, I don't think the mayor's office is in a position where they're, they would be able to entertain something like that, so, given the huge problems they have and the very, very difficult decisions they're already making for all the other general funded departments. So uh, Deputy City Attorney Rob Caplett, I, I agree it is something you can ask or mention, but the budget does need to show a realistic projection for where revenue is going to come from. So I think that's one reason why it wouldn't be financially feasible to put it in that we would receive money from the general fund out of the blue to close <laughs> the gap while we have it. But it can be something that can be mentioned along with passing the budget along that this is a significant uh, uh, deficit and draw from our reserve funds and that we're asking for additional consideration as, as to ways to um, not have as large of a deficit or not to have as large of a drawdown.
I just want to say one final thing, and I, I did want to call out and thank uh, Commissioner Williams for your uh, comments and feedback because I, I, I thought deeper, that's for sure. So I do appreciate um, all that you said. Thanks. Uh, I guess. Um, okay. I concur. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I guess I can ask my fellow commissioners if we're. Uh, Recommendations submitted with the budget. What what recommendations are we talking about? I think ongoing support for the CBO program. Prior, sorry, prior, uh, priority giving to the CBO um, program. Um, definitely like top of the list. Sounds like what we have currently, what we understood is potentially incorrect, but confirming that it's at least two years continued funding, um, guaranteed. And make a to address address that comment, sorry. Yes, it is in the budget for two years. It was entered in last year's as an ongoing expenditure. It is in both the years of the budget. That was what was given. That was the base budget given to us by the mayor's office and the controller's office. Um, so it is, and we will submit it in our department budget submission, or it is in this proposed budget as an ongoing item. Um, what may help, uh, so, um, anybody, what are we submitting to the mayor's office? I, I mean, what, with some specificity, is it, is it this, the one page? No, there's a series of forms, eight forms, I believe, some with line items, so line item expenditures, line item revenues, position changes, um, and various other things. We don't have any equipment in our budget this year. We don't have any Prop J funding. So, and then uh, our fee study, along along with that. So, really, the the relevant, the significant relevant relevant items, I think, to the big are line item expenditures, line item revenues, and uh, our fee study, which addresses our fees. And the line item revenues. Is that based upon projected tentative plan to phase in the fees? Yes. Okay. So we should, we can be discussing that today then. We should be. So if a different amount are, is chosen for the actual fee legislation, then those changes would be made in the mayor's phase of the budget. But for the department submission today, it is based on the proposed fees as shown to the BIC in January. And those those fees were line item by individual fee in, in the fee study. So there's an assumption in there right now, and then we will discuss the specifics of that assumption when we talk about the fee study. Uh, so when, when we actually provide the draft legislation to the BIC. That is, here is the building code and here are the sections of the building code where the fees are listed. We propose changing fee X from $10 to $12. That legislation will be another opportunity for discussion. Um, and at that point, the BIC could recommend different fees, um, new fees, deleting fees, whatever they wanted. Um, in relation to DBI fees. 
Um, so, hypothetically, if I were to make a motion, assuming there's, um, we're assuming we're kind of somewhere here, if I made a motion with strong recommendations that the board um, make, make strong recommendations to uh, the CBO, continue to uh, fulfill the CBO funding, and also the board will submit a, le a letter to the mayor's office strongly encouraging the CBOs to be funded, guaranteed funding for the two years. I, I'm not making the motion, but I'm just kind of taking the temperature here. Is I'm, I'm good that with that. Kind of work? Me? Oh, just, we're, we're, I, I mean, we, Commissioner Williams, we're, I, we're waiting, I think, on you. Waiting on me? Yeah. Um, no, I, well, the idea of making the recommendation to the mayor's office, I think that's, again, just hope. Uh, that, that, to me, isn't a plan, and that doesn't account, uh, that doesn't uh, have any contingency for if it's not approved by the mayor's office or not approved by the Board of Supervisors. So, uh, and again, there's implications for the expenditure side of the budget, if that's the case, because that's going to require thousands, perhaps tens of thousands of labor hours from our inspectors at 461 or 511 an hour. So, a, a uh, go ahead. Sorry, that that's a fully loaded cost. The overhead. Presumably, the building rent, that stuff won't increase. It's just the marginal cost of the extra building inspector salaries, which is less than that, but still likely significant. So uh, what I would feel more comfortable with, because <clears throat> as much as uh, in addition, I guess I should say in addition to concern about the work um, from the CBOs or wanting, wanting to support the CBOs, I am also concerned about the risk of uh, if the CBOs are not funded, what that will do to the expenditure side of our bu budget, because that work, instead of those calls going to $25 an hour CBO workers, they're going to be going directly to DBI inspectors. And, in, and then those DBI inspectors are going to be responding to those calls or not. And or not is not a, a great option, I think, especially given uh, the demographic, demographic composition of the or not calls not being responded to, I think that may create litigation risk if, if certain uh, demographic groups are just suddenly not receiving any support from a department. Uh, it's a little bit speculative. I mean, that could be a memo or something in the future, but. Um, I, I mean, their, their ability to be funded in our budget is speculative. Our whole budget is speculative. It is dependent on what is happening in the market. And I actually, yes, it is. A vast majority of our budget comes from large projects, right? that are big multi-family or commercial projects that bring in quite a bit of revenue into the department. And if building is not moving forward, then we can't, then we don't get that revenue, right? Um, I, I think that you, you, you started with the concern of there being an $18 million deficit. What you're suggesting here is that we then have a $22.5 million uh, deficit. What we're doing here is essentially what you said earlier, which is to ask the general fund to help us make up some of that differential. And we're asking them to make up some of that differential by supporting a program that we know everyone values. 
Okay. Uh, excuse me, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kaplan. I got a question for Alex, but I believe my understanding it would not automatically mean that this, that the services, if if the mayor were they to have cut a them, well, if the mayor were to cut them sua sponte um, outside of a contract term, mm -hmm. there would still be it's still one of our expenditures. So it could either be not fulfilled and then save the money, or it could be uh, drawn down from the reserves. That would be the source, but it does not mean the potential to fund them is goes away and we still have the opportunity when we get to the fee study to make that determination and and choose to take a different course than what has been plotted out in front of us in front of the budget and we talked about what has been plotted out in front of us for the budget at a previous budget hearing and we talked about it at the fee study hearing that we had Mm -hmm. So this is not the first time we're hearing any of this information. Right. Yeah, when I heard this information before, I also didn't agree with it. So that's, right. uh, so, and here we are. Um, Sorry to interrupt everybody. There's going to be, seems like an ongoing discussion, but we need to be out of the room in 10 minutes. So okay. something needs to happen. So here's the thing. We can discuss the fees. We, like nothing's precluded from us in the future when it comes to any of this, correct? Right. So why can't we keep the CBO funding for now, get some, get some confirmation from the Board of Supervisors or from the Mayor's office when they do actually approve the funding, and then address the budget again? But, but it is, they are funded for the next two years th through the general fund. So perhaps this could help. There are, I think, three opportunities to discuss issues that relate to this fee funding. One. We're coming up on uh, when the, the legislation is proposed to adjust fees for fiscal year 25. That's opportunity number one. Um, the CBO expenditures were approved explicitly for fiscal year 26 last or for fiscal year 25 last year. I think it would be very unlikely. I can't speak for the mayor's office or the board of supervisors, um, but I think it would be very unlikely that the mayor or the Board of Supervisors would go against the wishes of the board last year and remove funding for fiscal year 25. So I think everybody assumes fiscal year 25 is locked in for sure. If something were to happen in fiscal year 26, that becomes another, that becomes next year's budget discussion. There are another two meetings to discuss that. There's another fee increase that will be before you. Um, and discussed about in the in next year's budget discussion and in next year's action to actually amend the building code. So I think there are many opportunities to discuss fees related to CBL funding. Can someone entertain a motion and then if it passes, it passes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We need to. Look, I just, no, I just want to say one more thing. I think, look, I know that we have the funding secured for this next year, and this is not the last opportunity for us to resolve this challenge. I think all of us have this as a priority, and it would be incredibly irresponsible of us as a commission to not approve the budget, to continue to support the community and the department overall to do their work. Like, that's putting a lot of people's jobs at risk, is putting a lot of people's safe housing at risk. Like that's just a really large consequence. I think that would be an unintended consequence of holding the line on this when there are other opportunities for us 
to continue to resolve this problem. And I don't think that you're in a minority or that you're the only person who, do, who like, is concerned about this. We all have concerns and we all want to make sure that this is a continued funding, it's a priority of the commission and of the department. So I, I just also want to outline that this is a really, we, I can't in good conscience hold up this whole budget because of this conversation when I know where this conversation is going to be continued in the fee study. Okay. If it's so important, the CBO funding and the source of it, I mean, that's what we're discussing ultimately, right? Is, is it DBI funding or is it general funding? General fund funding. Um, we can continue with it as DBI funding and then address the expenditure in the fee study discussion. Sorry, Deputy City Attorney Rob Kepler, just to be clear, and Alex, it is currently a DBI uh, expense. So it comes out of our coffers. It's, it's offset by money coming in, unlike anything else from the general fund. So if, if the general fund uh, approval were to go away, it would still be a committed expense of DBI that would have to find other revenues to do or decide to cut at that point. Right, so it's, to me I'm hearing it's a non-issue right now. And if your concern is the $18 million deficit, you're asking us to basically increase that further. Because, well, the, because the general fund isn't gonna give us $4.5 million just to cover our costs. The, the general fund is supporting the CBO programs. We can, in our fee study discussions and when we're proposing increased right. fees, we can cover these costs by increasing our fees to cover costs. So let's do that when we get right. to so the fee keep, study so and let's pass the budget that needs to be passed right so now so that we can continue to, the department can continue to function. Uh-huh. Um, if we include the CBO funding in this budget, is. is the department going to be? It is okay, in the budget. it's in the budget. Uh, but is it's, it's but it's just supported by general fund dollars. All right. Correct. Correct. So I, I feel like we're we're making we're we're conflating issues here. And I understand like the emotionality of this and like the importance of the work that's being done. Like I have been on properties. I have like. I get it. I get it. And I respect the work that you do. And, and, but I think we're losing sight of what we're supposed to be doing here today. What do you think we're supposed to be doing today? We're supposed to be evaluating the budget and passing it. Or not passing it. Right? But we're supposed to be evaluating the budget. And right now, I think we have a budget that works and has a, a clear plan for how we're gonna get to full cost recovery as an enterprise agency. And if we want to add additional costs to our budget down the line, great, let's do that. Let's discuss that at the time that it's appropriate to discuss those things, which is at the fee study. But right now, we're talking about a program that's already funded. 
and appropriate it, and also appropriate it in our budget. So that means that we are still held to account for for the program. Yes. Yes, the expenditure, the expenditure is a DBI expenditure, and it is ongoing. And for the next two years. Okay, well, I'm going to tiptoe um, on this again because I know we're supposed to be out of here in less than three minutes. So I'm going to make a motion that we pass this budget with strong recommendations that the CBO funding be um, kept at the current levels, um, the, the, the funding be restored during the fee study. I guess that that's, let me rephrase that. I make a motion that we pass this budget with strong recommendations that the CBO funding stay intact and guaranteed for two years and also um, the commissioners will also, uh, sign or send a letter off to the mayor's office with strong recommendations that we, we feel strongly the CBO program has to stay intact and fully funded. Okay, so that's a motion. Is there a second? I'll second it. So there's a motion by Commissioner Shaddix and a second by Commissioner Chavez. And I'll do a roll call vote on the motion. Commissioner Chavez. Yes. Commissioner Newman. Yes. Commissioner Shaddix. Yes. Commissioner Summer. Yes. Commissioner Williams. No. Okay, then um, I guess what I guess the motion fails, but uh, since there's not a majority, is that correct? Yes. Then the motion fails. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Williams, is there a motion or is there a specific language that we can talk through that you can propose? Well, uh, for specific language to propose. I know we're about to, we're wrapping up right now. Okay, thank you. All right, bye bye. <laughs> yes, we have to really finish. We have to finish this meeting because another me another board is coming in here. All right, uh, I would prefer. Uh, I don't know. I guess we're proposing to fund the CBOs through. Fiscal year 26 through the general fund, right? Correct. Uh, they're currently funded through fiscal year what, 25 through the general fund. Is that right? Incorrect. Uh, okay. they, is it, it is through 26. It is an ongoing expenditure. Okay. Ongoing expenditure means fiscal year 27. It's uh, means that when the next year, when the budget rolls over in 27, uh, becomes year two, the system will automatically populate that expenditure. Uh, the budget we're proposing to the mayor, the mayor's office, correct? Uh, that is a budget with, and this is a revenue question, so I'm going to get the grousing about me raising that, but it's based upon the phased-in fee increase 
uh, which is incorporating the data from the fee study, right? Correct. Okay. So what I could support is first seeing the phased-in increase, seeing the actual submission to the mayor's office first before approving whatever we're submitting to the mayor's office. I'd like to see an alternative which does not include that or in, includes a more aggressive phased-in plan. Because although it seems like I'm, um, uh, I, I, the focus is becoming the CBOs, but I also, I don't entirely agree with the phased-in plan, which has been my position for a while, uh, although it's, um, I don't know, I guess I'm getting disagreement because it's the market and all of that, but uh, I think that is a policy decision that the Board of Supervisors should discuss in public if, they're, if we're going to be providing a subsidy to that effect. And... We will in the in our next right, phase okay. of conversation. So, but we're we're sending a proposal to the mayor's office, which includes a phased-in plan. That's the but, assumption that that's what we might pass. And, and that is actually, but we can build we, on that. That is actually what we discussed and what we agreed to as a board. I know that you we, we, we you, that? you we per, you particularly did not when we had the fee study conversation and we talked about. Right, there was, was there- All right, Deputy City Attorney Rob Cavill, again- I, Recommendation. We, you can't confine your future decisions with your decision today. I wanna right. make sure, it, I don't it, want anyone pinned in on that, it, but it, I believe what Commissioner Williams was asking for, and I, I wanna make sure it's, is that something Alex can provide. In addition with the budget we have now, you would also show a more aggressive fee recovery strategy and show what the deficit would look like if that were implemented this year in a fee study. Right. It's just so that the board could know these are two different pathways the BIC may take or range and how that would impact our deficit. So to show an additional projected revenue based upon a full fee recovery. Can, I'm happy to provide that. Can we discuss, is it appropriate to discuss that in context of the meeting to implement the results of the fee study, which will be to actually change the building code rather than the, the budget. The budget can be changed in mayor phase as well, so perhaps part of the recommendation could be we recommend the budget uh, pending further review of uh, our fees, and we in, uh, recommend that the mayor's office take into account the results of the fee study legislation to inform the depart DBI's revenue budget, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I can, um. Are you you're good with that motion? Well, uh, can you state the motion again? So, well, well, the thing he'll restate it. <laughs> well, Commissioner Williams will restate it, but the the BIC recommends that the uh, recommends approval of the proposed budget with a recommendation to the mayor's office to um, reevaluate fee revenue uh, once the um, legislation is introduced that will amend the building code to adopt the new fiscal year 25 fees. What do you guys think? I'm okay with that. Good. So is there, is, is there, is there a is, second is there a to that? Is that your motion? Is that a motion and then will there be a second?
approve. Sure, let's make it the motion. Second. Okay, so there was a motion by Commissioner Williams, second by Commissioner Newman. And I didn't say there, um, do a roll call vote. Um, Commissioner Chavez. Yes. Commissioner Newman. Yes. Commissioner Shaddix. Yes. Commissioner Summer. Yes. And Commissioner Williams. Yes. Okay, that motion carries unanimously. Okay, thank you. Um, now it's a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. There a second. Second. Aye. 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 We're now adjourned. It's 1.06 p.m. Thank you.